it's basically you ever go over to somebody's house and watch their home movies? People don't do that much anymore. But back in the day, you go over and watch only when they're asleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. That's me. That's Jeremy. Hi. That's you. And from music video sins, Barrett Share. Yeah. Wow. Enthusiasm. Yeah. That um, just, it was visceral. It just came uh, out. It just came out. We uh, it's, uh you know, it, it's been another week, which means there's probably something else we're pissed about. <laughs> I'm taking crazy pills! I'm as mad as hell! You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus! Lord Jesus! <laughs> Imagine! Yeah, let me, um... Let me go ahead and do mine, because mine's stupid. <clears throat> you probably have better grants than I do, but... Um... Uh, so, I went to go see Hustlers mm-hmm. on Thursday night. And uh, we are supposed to have a mini pot of that, I think, in the next couple of days or whatever, because we're going to be starting to do that more. Awesome. Everything. Overall, good? Um, I didn't like it. Okay. Uh, I will say that the reviews for this movie are way above what I would have given it. Okay. Uh, but um, Hustlers wasn't really the problem for me, but I, uh, th- in this rant, anyway. Uh, so I... I get in, I get in around showtime or like right, right when the trailers are about to start. And, uh, and it's actually a fairly packed house. Hmm. Um, I, I bought a ticket that was closer to the front and there wasn't anybody see, like the, when you go and do your, your reservations or whatever, there wasn't anybody on that row. And so I bought one right in the middle and I sat there and watched trailers and I was like, ah, eh, I need to go to the bathroom real quick. Let's go to the bathroom. And I know. As soon as I got up, and I know as soon as I walked to the bathroom and I saw people walking past me, somebody was going to be in my seat when I got back. <laughs> oh, because knew. it's a pact. Just yeah. knew. Just knew <laughs> it was going to fucking happen. Mm. I wasn't gone long, but I knew, I knew in my heart of hearts, <laughs> someone was going to be sitting in my seat. Now, th- this wasn't a big deal. I got back. Yes, sure enough, there were people sitting in my fucking seat. <laughs> we're in, we're in the res- days of reserving seats that is you true. know what seat you got you mm-hmm. didn't you wait so there was no big deal i came over and i said i think i'm in seven and they were like oh yeah sorry and then moved down two seats or whatever and i was okay. like why was this an issue yeah like i understand sometimes especially the way theaters mark yeah. these seats it's hard to see sometimes I get, like you'll I go get up there and you're sometimes. like uh it says two but it also says two over here <laughs> Like, sometimes you're just like, does that mean it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to know because it'll say two and then three. Yeah, yeah. And then so you'll be like, is this one two or is this one two? So anyway, in this case, it shouldn't have been a big deal because you should be able to see this was an easy one mm-hmm. to figure out. And it's not a big deal, but it reminds me that people in the present do not think about what's going on in the future. Mm. those two people came down here and they saw open seats in the middle and said 
why don't we just sit here? Mm-hmm. Not thinking that there was going to be somebody who came in after them that might want to sit where you couldn't get the ticket. Yeah. Remember, when you bought your ticket, you couldn't buy that seat. That's true. When you came into the theater and you saw nobody there, you just assumed, ah, no one will ever be there <laughs> for some reason. It reminds me of uh, at Hollywood 27. Occasionally, we would get requests from customer service. This should have been shot down at customer service before it even got to the radio. <laughs> but I remember several times being in projection on a like a weeknight, and there would be two people in an auditorium by themselves. Every once in a while, they'd get this idea to go to customer service and say, could you get the projectionist to just go ahead and start the movie? And 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 it would be five ten minutes early (laughs) and with trailers you can sort of get away with that but like uh i think especially during the time where we were having the there's been many iterations of the pre-show there's been slides Mm. there was the digital projector that showed a 20 minute presentation before the projector started during the time where the 20 minute thing was going on if you started the movie early it would log that as you starting the movie early mm. and it would you would get written up or whatever the hell mm. you whatever was happened to you or whatever and he'd be and they'd be like oh yeah i was just wondering if you could start the movie early because they're the only ones in there and it's like do you guys not realize that in the future there might be other people who are coming to see the movie not only and between coming, the five ten minutes but also after the show starts might right? be coming 15 minutes late and then they, because they're trying to dodge the trailers mm-hmm. and and they and they show up at like you know at what they feel is a reasonable time and the movie's already 5 minutes in. Yep, yep. And it's just I don't I don't get that. Yeah. I don't get that. So it's a mini rant. I don't get pissed off about too much except driving and I don't want to make this all about driving. <laughs> just it's not related to the spirit of your rant. But how do you feel about moving down in sporting events after a reasonable amount of time has oh, elapsed? Totally for that. You're totally for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I am too. Because at that point, either those people have left and you're not getting the full, you know, you're not getting the full game experience. You're mm-hmm. just doing something where, yeah, you know, for a couple innings, you went to an unoccupied seat. Yeah. I don't think there's any problem with that. Good. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel the same way because, you know, otherwise those seats are just being, you know, but vacated. sports stadiums have the same issue. Sometimes you go over and especially sports stadiums are even more confusing because <laughs> they have sections yeah, yeah. and they have like. You know, and even when you get to a ticket taker who's like, uh, you go over here and then down and all that, and you, they tell you all these directions, a lot of times you're still like, well, is this, is it on this side or is yeah, it on this yeah, side yeah. or is it this row? Um, and, but so even then you're going to your seat sometimes and there's people just hanging out in your yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah. Fuckers. I know. <laughs> Dickheads. <laughs> so this morning they dropped this eight minute mini movie in the Jurassic World franchise. I don't know if you saw any of this on Twitter. I saw uh, the news item, but I did not watch the movie. Battle of Fuck Off Rock. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Battle of Broken Rock. Battle you of Fuck what? Off Rock. You know what? We, we, should, we should start making movie titles like this, right? Yeah. Battle of Fuck Off Rock. Yeah. Because it's kind of like the movie Crazy People where they're like, you know, they're talking about like... Uh, 
the the movie's called uh i don't remember what the horror movies thing is called but the the tagline they ended up throwing in there in crazy people was it will scare the fuck out of you <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then it leads to that guy going i wonder how the, i'm wondering how the word fuck got in, got in the new york fucking times and all that but uh but yeah people would go to see shit like that <laughs> yes they would well apparently now i'm not the average consumer but pe- people have been watching this shit left and right i saw kevin smith tweeting about it I saw our buddy Jeremy Simser. He mm-hmm. tweeted, this is better than any eight straight minutes from the last <laughs> world movie. Oh, yeah. I can um, imagine. And I, I am not going to watch your fucking promo movie. I'm going to read about it and then criticize it. That's how I do. I'm not going to watch it. You haven't seen it? No. <laughs> but this is what it does, according to all the articles, half of which were paid for, I'm sure, uh-huh. by Universal, is that it sets the stage for the next movie. It follows through. On Fallen Kingdom's promise that the dinos have escaped into our real world. Okay. All right. And it's this family apparently out camping. Mm-hmm. They're aware that dinosaurs are out there. And yet, but just they're joking with about it. They're joking about it because mm-hmm. this is what you do. Yeah. And then a T Rex or some fuck shows up and then uh, eats them all. And they, I don't know, a little girl saves the day. I don't fucking know. <laughs> with gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. With gymnastics. Yeah. Look, she's a crossbow expert. It's, it's, um, Cam- it's Camilla <laughs> Bell all grown up. Yes. And all I have to say is fuck you and your next movie. If what you're telling me is those 20 fucking dinosaurs who escaped at the end of Fallen Kingdom are somehow going to be a problem for humanity. Like we can't get. A truck full of RPGs, shoulder yeah. rockets, and take a T-Rex out. Like, they're going to make it like we've gone back to the Wild West. Yeah. This yeah. And people, it's, it's going to be like Bird Box, only with dinosaurs. <laughs> and I'm just saying there are only 20 of those fucking things, and half of them eat plants. This was my main problem with Fallen Kingdom, was that the idea that they would, you know, send these dinosaurs into a, you know, like we said, a taken uh, scenario <laughs> where uh, where they're being bid on and getting hundreds of millions of dollars for them. And in the end, all you have to do is probably shoot them a few times and they're done. Yeah. yeah. Like we, and we they do some of them. We, 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 we don't really, we, I don't think that people who make a movie like this realize what a world a military world looks like mm. where I, the reason why t-rex is is uh is terrifying in these movies is because these people don't have weapons right they have nowhere to go yeah there's that's why it's hard yeah if 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 they actually and yeah we have the one guy who has the one gun who gets <laughs> snuck up on by the velociraptor but you know you have you'll have millions of people in that world who are like all right we'll just take them down did you see lost world they took down the dinos pretty quick they enough did. They mm-hmm. did. if it wasn't for a couple of things couple of issues they would have gotten off the island survive you know uh, without getting uh, eaten by the philosophers <laughs> yeah no you're totally right and i don't i just think what they're going to do is jump forward a few years make it like i don't know electricity's gone or some shit they're probably going to make some bs Paul Giamatti's going to pop up and go, they had sex a lot. They rapidly multiplied. And there's hundreds of them. And, and that's my Paul Giamatti yeah. impression. And, and then he's going to go away. Uh, and then somehow Chris Pratt and Ron Howard's daughter and Jeff Goldblum and fucking 
Laura Dern, they're yeah. all going to end up together <laughs> on this whole fucking planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to go save the day together. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not here. I'm actually going to try and steal money from this movie. Not only am I not giving it my money, I'm going to try and steal money from it. <laughs> I'm going to find somebody going to it. I'm going to buy them a ticket to a different movie and have them sneak into this movie. Yes. I'm offended by this. Right. I'm offended by the whole preposterous plot an idea of it and the fact that you put out an eight minute movie and because it's better than your last movie people are like hyped again <laughs> look i want you to go and see independence day three again you know <laughs> instead of this <laughs> what uh, who did the first jurassic world was that gareth uh, uh trevorrow oh colin trevorrow yeah. right and then he didn't do the second one right no it was the guy that did the horror movie but but fallen kingdom didn't get good reviews it made oh. it made a lot of money but it didn't make anywhere near the first one right j.a bayona bayona it's the it's the transformers problem they i think it made a shit ton of money okay and got terrible reviews enough to yeah enough to and they've already said they're bringing one. back more of the original series characters and yeah. i just i'm not here for it at all yeah it's it's like nostalgia casting jurassic park has always had this problem mm -hmm. like even the second movie was like we've got to get ian malcolm back that's mm -hmm. the only thing people liked about the first movie was ian malcolm we got to have him in this one and then the third one was like, well, we got to get Alan Shepard. Alan Shepard. Yeah, <laughs> Alan Grant. Yeah. We got to get Alan Grant back. Alan Shepard, too. Fuck it. Um, <clears throat> but people love Alan Grant. Yeah. And then the third one, well, we didn't bring anybody back, except maybe one of the dinosaurs. I think one of the T-Rexes is supposed to be from the original timeline. All right. But now the second one, we brought back Ian Malcolm again. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to bring back Alan Grant Shepard. And we're going to bring back <laughs> Laura Dern's character. And yeah. we're going to bring back julianne moore yeah let's do that julianne moore. Vin, vince vaughn is somehow gonna come back. yeah yeah and and we'll somehow bring back uh richard attenborough <laughs> it's gonna be uh a completely cg character of richard attenborough yeah absolutely played right by there. guy pierce yeah <laughs> this time he's in old man makeup and a fat suit yes uh all right so i've got a rant about uh a, 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 a convergence of movies and music Ooh. it's the new charlie's angels Ooh. song have you heard this um i've heard the song you've seen the video right no only only that you tweeted something that made it look like eye poison so i didn't watch it <sighs> yeah it's eye it's eye poison eye poison it is definitely eye poison in in certain ways. Now these are three beautiful women. This is Ariana Grande, uh, Lana Del Rey, and your girl Miley Cyrus. Uh, and they're beautiful, and they're all. It's like a goth uh, Victoria's Secret show, mm -hmm. basically, right? They're they're all in these black angel wings, and they're strutting around with their abs and their legs and stuff like that. I hate abs. Mm -hmm. I know. And uh, Lana Del Rey towers over them because she's like a normal height person uh my problem really isn't with the video the video is kind of stupid it's just stupid and miley miley's got this new look where she's moist where she's like she's wet all the time yeah. you know she's perpetually wet yeah. and like stringy hair and stuff like yeah. that i mean she's still beautiful and i love her and all that stuff yeah, i was gonna yeah. say you're turning me on <laughs> <laughs> uh and ariana's doing her ariana stuff the problem that I have is with the song itself. The song is awful. These are three very talented artists. Mm -hmm. Like, Ariana's got some really good stuff. Miley's got some borderline great stuff. And Lana Del Rey has some great stuff with some weirdness thrown in there. It's just such a weird combination. And it's a terrible song. It took seven 
motherfuckers to write this song, mm-hmm. including the three uh, women that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. And so you've got like the boppy, upbeat first verse or, or like opening with Ariana. And then you've got the kind of scuzzed up uh, countrified Miley verse where she's like all nipply in the fucking boxing ring. And mm-hmm. she's like all like like uh, Christina Aguilera in the fighter days and all right, that shit. All the times to be nipply. Except but but moist. You got a fight yeah. going on, man. You got to focus. <laughs> That's well, right. not, well, actually, she is fighting someone. She's fighting a dude. Uh, because this is very anti-male, which, hey, man, do your thing. Like Lana Del Rey throws a, a knife into the target's crotch. Nice. Yeah. And and Miley's beating up on some dude in the boxing mm-hmm. ring while she's nipply. And then then it gets to the Lana Del Rey. Have you ever heard any Lana Del Rey? Yeah, enough to know the gist. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You've heard mm-hmm. some of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's very, people call it like narcotized almost. Like it's very hazy. It's very breezy. It's very mm-hmm. uh, this kind of thing. And so for her verse, I swear to God, they slow, they don't slow it down. But they make it like they, they put it in halftime beat. Like it's another boom, boom, boom. It's like boom, boom, boom. Nice. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, all fucking like laying out. Like it, it sucks. It sucks <laughs> is what I'm saying. That's it. I'll tell you what. I read this morning that Liam Hemsworth found out about his separation with his wife when she put out a statement about their separation. I, I think I heard that when it happened. And he was like in Australia. And she, her rep puts out a Miley and Liam have agreed to go their separate way. Imagine finding out that way. Yeah. Man, don't you have a, an idea of what you're dealing with when you've been with Miley that long? I, yeah. You're right. You're right. No, I, I don't disagree because yeah. they were together a long ass time and, had and broke been, up yeah, once yeah, yeah, in between. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, but. I'm not maybe not surprised things didn't work out. But you're you're but right. Finding out like that. Yeah. However bad things get in a relationship, <laughs> you can't have your people call his people. Like behind the scenes, Miley needs to talk. Yeah. Or yeah. Even if even not, Miley says you guys are done. She's going to put out a statement. Heads up. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. your own statement. No, nope, I'm going to read text, it on social email. That's something. harsh. Yeah, yeah. That's that harsh. Is, that is. That is. Well, Miley dropped a couple points. Now she's uh, now she's in. Now she's all wet. She's all wet. I know. Stringy. She's stringy nipply. and wet. You know and who's nipply. growing on me? Uh, Billie Eilish. Oh fuck yeah! Like at first I thought maybe we're propping this one up a little too fast, mm-hmm. a little too much glomming a little quick but uh now that she's got like 17 different signal singles playing all the different radio stations man it's starting to grow on me i haven't heard well matter of fact her last single is probably my least favorite but i still like it i don't know what Um, order they came in uh the last one the most recent one is all the good girls go to hell but like every other song that i've heard from her has been really enjoyable now you can tell that she's developing a very signature sound Mm -hmm. and i'd like to see her kind of like branch out a little bit but uh yeah you're right yeah, she's yeah, good. She's yeah, good. there's something there. Yes. There's a talent. I told there. you, d- d- I, I'm not predicting anything, but I see a lot of parallels with Fiona Apple in this in this girl. I'm just saying. So mm-hmm. if Billy marries a movie director, watch out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm thinking she's way too young, but Fiona Apple married him pretty young, too. Yeah, but she was always of age. Like, no, oh yeah 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 like no no, no. She, i'm not saying when, underage when, yeah when she did shadow boxer she was like 19 yeah yeah, yeah. but she and was then, like in her early to mid 20s yeah she was early she, 20s paul thomas anderson wasn't that old though at the time mm. that they were dating i don't think it, it might have been a 10 to 15 year gap but not like something not like he was 45 at the time yeah it's not a jerry seinfeld thing do yeah. you think there's a guy in her band at the concert 
who says that, no, Billy, I haven't done that dance since my wife died before that song. What? Do you know that one song starts with that quote? Don't look at me like I'm a moron. Is that is oh, that is it bad, bad guy? guy that does that? The do 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 yeah. do 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 it op- like the very opening of the song is an old man. It's a sample of an old man saying, uh, "Oh, Billy, I haven't done that dance since my wife." I died. think I've heard that version of that. It's yeah, it's at the beginning of the, must the video too. That, I mean, I think maybe possibly sometimes they'll cut it off and go straight to the her ripping through the yellow paper. Mm-hmm. But uh, but like, uh, so my joke falls flat because you're not familiar <laughs> with that part of the song. I am I am almost certain somebody probably does that. And they do it so. like a regular, like in, you know, inside joke thing over and over and over again. <laughs> Hard to believe that she's still so young. She was like when um, you uh, you should see me in the crown, which was her first one mm-hmm. came out. I think she was sixteen years old, yeah, yeah, and everything. And it's crazy. These you know, she's like on top of the world. Yeah, and that I even heard her doing acoustic on. 14 on satellite radio oh really mm-hmm. um i'm guessing it's her brother that was singing with her and playing the guitar it sounded awesome yeah yeah and i don't even really that's probably my least favorite of all her songs mm-hmm. um but yeah she's i just heard they're doing some kind of concert on alt nation at the troubadour oh really live on wednesday night she's gonna play nice she actually came to nashville and played the the downtown ascend theater oh nice she got rained out uh, but I think she went on the next day because I was actually thinking about going there last minute. Because huh. I was like, eh. That's like the problem to, with an outdoor like amphitheater. What, what kind of live show? Because her, her voice, her lyrics are just like this. Mm-hmm. Everybody, <laughs> I just wonder how that translates well, to a live it's show. It's the whole audience is sitting there with a hand cup to their <laughs> ear. Yeah. They got one of those like ear things from Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> guy in the patriot has one of those <laughs> what's that you say of course you call yourself a man yeah. <laughs> okay um so we are going to do a recasting today of x-men x-men boy, um, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. those of you who are not on patreon know that we did one for fantastic four mm-hmm. uh that you can get if you want to join our our membership there yeah um it's for patreon members only yeah so uh, they're gonna do this anyway because they're gonna disney bring is. disney is they're gonna bring x-men and fantastic four somehow into the mcu i think kevin feige has literally intimated this mm-hmm. right and it it's kind of weird for me to think as a thought experiment because they it, to me they just rebooted this series when they did the J-Law, McAvoy, all that stuff. Which only technically ended like four months ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So, but then and I was like, man, this is too soon to reboot it. But then I think, you know, the third time did work for Tom Holland after two decent Spider-Mans. And that was only, what, four years after? Homecoming was four years after Amazing Spider-Man 2? It was... That sounds right. 2012? That sounds right. Um, well, 2012 was the Amazing Spider-Man. Was the first one? Oh, oh, so it wouldn't one. have been four. It would have been more like two. Wow, wow. So yeah, I mean that. The, <laughs> it seems too soon, but it has worked in the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. We're gonna recast X Men. Yeah. Ooh. Who wants to go first? I'll go ahead. Um, this will be an extremely expensive film. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the origins of X Men is that they were trying to put make a parallel with malcolm x and martin luther king and the story uh behind it and everything and that's something i only recently learned because of this podcast it was uh a year or so ago we were talking about x-men 
and we said something uh not knowing that and somebody said did you know that's what this was this is what it was so the original comics creators meant this to be some sort of metaphor or allegory i still get those confused about where uh where professor x ironically professor x was the martin luther king Uh, and (laughs) and malcolm and the uh, magneto was the malcolm x um and uh so at first i was going to do one of those uh uh because i have i'm gonna go ahead and say my magneto is denzel washington Ooh, Um, i will tell you denzel was almost my professor x (laughs) oh really uh i have i have him as my magneto and 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 of course he played malcolm x now I did a parallel where I put David Oyelowo as uh, Professor X because Ooh. he played uh, Martin Luther King in Selma. Yeah, oh. great performance. Uh, I bet he would be a great choice, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go extreme star power, and I put Will Smith here. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Well, have they ever been in a movie together? No. Can you imagine that act off? And I feel like, as far as the acting world is conso- concerned, Will Smith has always been the nice guy, quote unquote, yep. and Denzel Washington's always been the intense guy mm-hmm. or whatever. And they would play well off of each other this way. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I will say, if you can't get both of them in the same movie, then you just go with David Oyelowo and then that. Yeah, that would be awesome, it too. Would be a perfect. But fucking Will Smith, man, and yeah. Denzel. Yeah. I want to see those conversations. That's what I'm saying. It would be awesome. Uh, and then for Mystique. I have Anya Taylor Joy. Um, now, when I wrote, when I did all these, she was one of the last ones that I put in. Uh, I have an older cast here, and a lot of times, I know that I know that people who are fans of the comic book are going to be like, "Well, what didn't Mystique and Magneto and all that weren't they all the same age and everything like that?" Well, uh, who's to say that uh, Mystique doesn't always have the same age, like Ooh. the what is what is to say that she wasn't like this in the 60s or the 70s and that's what she prefers to look like well i mean rebecca rebecca romaine in the 2000 version looks much younger than patrick stewart or ian mckellen yeah so yeah i mean if she can you know uh, mimic anybody then she could just walk around in whatever and i don't know i don't know the actual like i've never read the comic book or anything so i don't know if there was an actual like canon backstory with those three where she was always i think first class is the one that made it seem like they were all like yeah. the same age and everything but i don't know if that's like the true origin who cares we're gonna put anya taylor joy <laughs> i think the reason is is because to me anya taylor joy has that look of being mysterious and and everything that it's something in her eyes man her eyes are shaped a certain way i don't know what it is she's mystique she's very mystique <laughs> um and so um so yeah i think she'd be a good mystique uh wolverine now we were talking in the fantastic four thing about making sure we didn't do anything that overlapped with current mcu <laughs> uh, actors i'm saying fuck that <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna use the same actor we do what we want you know what at this point MCU is going to get so huge that multiple actors are going to play multiple roles anyway. They right? already have, right? Well, not within not the MCU, right? right. Yeah, the, I mean Chris Evans obviously is one of the classic examples, but uh, uh, I'm going to put for Wolverine Samuel L. Jackson. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that is, that is an old cast. He's like 72. Isn't yeah, he? he's old, but <laughs> that's awesome. But 
but yeah, we have an older cast here. We're gonna we're we're kicking ass. We're gonna we're going we're going full out. Are we're, you gonna de-age him? Uh, probably. I mean, <laughs> fuck it. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't need to. Like Samuel L. Jackson, I don't think looks like he's his age. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I mean, you can have just normal, you know, Samuel L. Jackson in there. Uh, for Jean Grey, I have Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing nice. wrong there. Yeah. Nope. Uh, for Cyclops, I've put in Kit Harrington. Oh, good call. Yeah. Um. So the love triangle. In the classic storyline would be Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> Rosario Dawson, and Kit Harrington. <laughs> I think Kit Harrington might actually go for Sam Jackson. Yeah, very possible. That's very possible. Um, of course, you know, in in fantasy casting, you can also uh, fantasy write, and you can take that stupid triangle out. Yep, you don't even need it. Um. For Storm, I have Carrie Washington, who was also in the original Fantastic Four. Oh, nice. nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm going to have Carrie Washington here. What has she been in recently? I don't know. She, I think she's been doing that TV show, whatever that is. Oh, that's right. The the murder, seducing. Yeah. I know what she did. Seducing destroy. <laughs> what is it? It's like uh, how to get away with how murder. How to get away with murder, yeah. Mm. I think Carrie Washington and I are three days apart in age. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say Criminal Minds, which would have been funny because Aisha Tyler was on Criminal Minds. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Carrie Washington will be Storm. For Rogue, I have Lily James playing Rogue. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Her of uh, Baby Driver. Yeah. And speaking of Iceman, Ansel Elgort. Perfect. Yeah. Damn it. They had some chemistry. They did. In that movie. They did. And that's why I cast them both. That's, that's my chemistry. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, it'll get all hot and heavy and they'll bang fists together. <laughs> that's how it works, right? Just like this. It's been a while. <laughs> um for pyro i have liam hemsworth oh pyro is the first class he's not is he in no, he's in x2 oh oh, oh yeah he's the evil okay i got yeah, you yeah, I yeah, got yeah, pyro yeah. and Iceman have a love triangle with rogue yeah they have a love gonna, triangle? Com, fire sort and of, ice sort of a song gonna, of fire it, and ice it's gonna be part of my casting so yes they do okay, okay. but in i think in x2 which is the one where they're like in the mall and Professor X stops time because they're about to have a fight with bullies. And he, like, slides. I think it's X2. No, that must be X3. Okay, that's the last stand, then. That's yeah, where Pyro I, and Iceman are both That's X3. Yeah, 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 for the last stand. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. Who did you say was Pyro? I'm sorry. Liam Hemsworth. Nice. He's got to have some stuff to distract you. You know, I mean, when I went through these, like, Cyclops, Rogue, Iceman, Pyro, I... I never really uh, got much like character from them mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-mm. I mean, they, they you could really fill in just a blank actor, and <laughs> they can probably do what they what they need. Who's to Who's gonna look cool throwing ice with their hands? That's how I went about casting. <laughs> oh, for Sabretooth, I have Jason Momoa. Yeah. Ooh. So this this character was hilariously shafted. Like, either in the writer's room or in the editing room or something like that. It's he has a casting like, process. They well, ca- in like, the casting process, and that's probably why. But, like, he's got maybe three minutes of screen time but or I mean, something like that. In the classic X-Men, he's always been, like, a main rival to Wolverine. Right. And yeah, yeah. I think they even have some kind of Aren't relation. They brothers? I think they're brothers or something. Like, huh. in, in the... Um, in Wolverine, the X Men Origins Wolverine, I think 
it's Lee of Schreiber. Playing, oh, he's playing Sabretooth? Play Sabretooth. Oh, I forgot. And that. I think they, he and Hugh Jackman are brothers in that. I gotcha. Uh, I don't know. I doubt he's the, he, their brothers in the original X-Men trilogy because he's just some rando Magneto, yeah. uh, henchman guy. Yeah, uh, but that's one of the rules. I mean, they cast a wrestler. I don't even know which wrestler it I forget was. Forget what it was. Chris, Dude. Chris, <laughs> Jericho, Ma- or whatever. Ma- macho. macho. Um, but you know that that has turned around recently. John Cena's got some charm, mm-hmm. and Batista did all right in the Guardians. So casting a wrestler is not what it used to be. Yep. Yeah, but yep. back back in two thousand, it meant don't give him any lines, just <laughs> let him growl. Exactly. Uh, for Toad, I have Jackie Chan. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. He's also like 70. Yeah, isn't he's it? also very old. This is this is an old X-Men, but I think people would want to watch this. I think it could be fun. Yeah, we've got Denzel Washington, we got Will Smith. Come yeah, on, motherfuckers. Man. You're going to watch that shit. And Sam Jackson. Yeah, and Sam Jackson. What's the disparity in age between Will Smith and uh, Denzel? Okay, so Denzel is in his 60s, yeah. and I think Will Smith is in his 50s. Okay. I think so there's a roughly a decade between them. Gotcha. Cool. um nightcrawler i have daniel brule who's also uh what he's nero or nemo or zima Zima, whatever the fuck he is (laughs) nemo Uh, zero nemo yeah (laughs) um uh but uh i I wanted to have a a german actor play nightcrawler uh so uh daniel brule and then for striker i have alexander skarsgård oh Cool. I'm, I am a little concerned about that guy. Oh, yeah? Because he needs to play some heroes. Mm-hmm. Because most of, like, Big Little Lies, abusive asshole. Yeah. Um, That movie with Kristen Wiig that you guys have never seen that has a bunch of nudity about being a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Diary of a Teenage Girl... Something of a teenage something. Kristen Wiig plays her mom. It's set in the 70s. And uh, Skarsgård is the that's, stepdad. That's the one where she walks through the casino, right? I don't think so. There's a there's a movie where she walks through a casino completely naked, Kristen Wiig. This is not that movie. Okay, it's not but that But now movie. I want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but this is about her daughter who's like in the movie 15, and she ends up like, she starts fucking her stepdad, which is Skarsgård. And... And I just read the other day he got cast in something, and it was a villain role. And I'm just like, you know, he needs that, to play uh, some heroes. In that Lady Gaga uh, paparazzi video, he's uh, an abusive asshole. Or he's an asshole that gets killed by her. I've never seen it. And then in True Blood, he was kind of a villain and, dude. See, uh, yeah, I just thought, I'd like, I think he's an awesome actor. I think so, too. And I think he probably takes these roles because they're challenging. Uh, but I'd like to see him play some good guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Diary of a Teenage Girl. Diary of a Teenage Girl. Yeah. That movie is shockingly... Um, r-rated yeah all right she records like cassette wow they show that on the imdb yeah there's there's lots of uh well teenage girl on mom's boyfriend's fucking (laughs) there's lots of drug use um the mom and and the the girl has a diary but it's a cassette tape diary and she stupidly because her mom finds them later records into this little microphone but she says like the most blunt shit like I want him to fuck me and his juices inside me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really R rated. And I think it was probably it's probably semi autobiographical. Ah. I think it was written and directed by a female who went through a lot of this stuff. Interesting. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, it's just not the kind of, you know, I don't want to come on the podcast. You guys got to watch this movie about this 15 year old girl who gets naked and fucks her dad. <laughs> <laughs> but Skarsgård is awesome in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, 
but he's just a terrible person. Yeah. The character. Yeah, the character. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. to, to, to derail you. I, that's all I have casted for this. Uh, like, if we were doing traditional, the first X-Men that came out in 2000, uh, I don't think Stryker is in that one. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, some some characters I mentioned. Nightcrawler's not even in it. Nightcrawler doesn't show up till X2, but uh, but the characters that I just somewhat remember, and I was glomming off a little bit of yours because I didn't remember all those other, like, minor characters but that's who i would cast in this motherfucker nice nice you or me babe you go ahead all right so i i had a very i went back to the first two x-men movies for my general characters and age ranges of these characters Mm -hmm. but then i also cherry picked a couple of first class characters and threw them in there so like the disparity between the ages of like teachers versus students and stuff like that right yeah so i just mean my actors and Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, um, Anna Paquin. My -hmm. actors will be similar in age to those actors. Gotcha. That's sort of I'm rebooting that movie Mm because you know how much I love reboots. Yeah. I don't know about the English accent here, but I want my Professor X. I thought about this long and hard. I had Denzel in there. It's got to be somebody who can speak with authority and truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And but also there's got to be a warmth there. I'm going Kevin Klein. Yeah. Oh. And I spent more time than I'd care to admit looking on the INDB at actors' ages because I was trying to find somebody who wasn't 78. Mm-hmm. For I actually thought about Morgan Freeman. Like, Morgan Freeman, 10 years ago, would have been perfect for Professor X. Yeah, he would have. Because he has that veritas and he has that... Mm, but he's also got that warmth. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so Kevin Klein. Then he's going to go up against Magneto is Ed Harris. <laughs> because i think i could see especially after westworld i think i could see ed harris as a menacing villain but somebody who could also have like a genuine friendship with kevin Klein. well he's been a villain i mean you look at his history of violence and you look at snowpiercer mm-hmm. like he's he's definitely had some times where he's been well christoph in uh, truman show too. Yeah, yeah yeah so he could villain good and uh wolverine i think is the key yes it is you think you cast Wolverine wrong and your X-Men movies are going to falter. Because he's the only one that's been consistent across all the reboots, It is. Right? It's, the, it's your own fault. Well, it's Fox's fault yep. for casting so well the first time. <laughs> and it's the same with Robert Downey Jr. and Iron mm-hmm. Man. Um, you unexpectedly created... So, like Hugh Jackman, I went and looked at his IMDb. He was nobody before this movie Oh, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I don't think you have to cast a super well-known or somebody who's super buff. But I am going to cast Chris because Ooh. i think you get chris pine on that wolverine gym you know program mm-hmm. beef him up i think he could play the anger and the rage but also there's a charm to wolverine at least the way hugh jackman brought him to us i think he could i almost went with ben foster here because uh, no pine is perfect pine is it's yeah. just charming enough all right so uh cyclops again this would be james marsden ish mm-hmm. and i'm going dave franco Ooh, i like that and okay. Uh, he's going to um, be love triangling with uh, Chris Pine there uh-huh. for the affections of Jean Grey, uh, which is Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did go ahead and mm-hmm. cast all my secret girlfriends, <laughs> yep. by the way. Yep. Um, so I think Kristen Stewart could probably pull off that mental power thing. <laughs> you just want her in your I just wanted Kristen Stewart in there. <laughs> yeah. Storm, I got Paula Patton. Ooh, um, yeah. I just watched Ghost Protocol again mm-hmm. yesterday. She's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. She's 
you know, she's not a great actress, but she's good in that. <laughs> she's, she can do Storm, because Storm yeah, well, that's didn't true. have a great actress the last time. <laughs> but, I least. mean, she's really good in Ghost Protocol relative to what I've seen her do Okay, otherwise. so a lot of things just went through there that I'm not Uh-oh. sure about. Uh-oh. So, okay, it's Halle Berry... I would say Halle Berry is a good actress. Yes, right? sure. I think so. Yes, I meant mostly in that one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, nobody good needed to play that character and everything, but I think she's good. It's and the other thing is funny to me. I know that you didn't do this, but I, I think I told told this before. But watching Deja Vu uh, when I watched uh, I watched that movie in New York. Someone after the movie came out and said, "Boy, Halle Berry's really good in that oh, movie." Uh, 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 and I was funny. like, "I was like, uh, that wasn't Halle Berry. That was Paula Patton." And she's like, "No, no, that was Halle Berry." And I was like, "I a hundred percent know that was not Halle Berry. First off, doesn't look like her. But you know, second off, I've already checked the credits and all of that, and it's not freaking Halle no. fucking Berry. No. Anyway, her Paula name Patton." Her name in that movie is Claire Kutcher, and I know that because Denzel <laughs> says it like 16 yeah. different times in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was Storm. Now, here's where I'm, the only break I'm making in my no MCU actors rule, and I think it's still a technicality. But for Nightcrawler, I want Ta- Takia Watiti. Yes. Uh, all right. All right. Especially, you know, when I, saw, I when I did mine and then went back over and looked at yours and everything... I immediately thought of his uh, "What We Do in the Shadows" yeah. character yeah. doing the Nightcrawler yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be really charming and well, funny. Yeah, though. it's a technicality because he's Korg. It's Korg, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Rogue. We're starting our our teenage love triangle, mm-hmm. student love triangle. Now I'm going to go with my gal Caitlin Devers from Booksmart. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. And she's going to love triangle with Iceman and. Um, <laughs> pyro and the uh, Iceman is going to be hayden setzo this is the guy that played Irwin in the edge of 17 the guy that she eventually kind of starts a flirtation oh, yeah, with all that right. makes the weird movie videos yeah, at the yeah, end. yeah yeah um and then pyro is going to be nate from euphoria because that guy is already typecast as an asshole <laughs> he's done the poor guy who did such a good job he should take all of alexander skarsgård roles seriously seriously he gave himself like a hemorrhage doing that scene where he banged his head on the floor a whole bunch like, like in, in like real a life? concussion or something oh, in real Jesus. Life, yeah. that guy's name is jacob elordi elordi yes who just went to like greece or something with zendaya that, like they're rumored to be dating oh uh, mm. that's, that's, that's some a, that's some sexy right there that's a tall couple yeah dating um <laughs> that's for, how it works right? <laughs> yeah for beast all i can think about is um nicholas holt and yeah. that way he looked with the glasses before he turned into... So I went with Jay Baruchel. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like we could accomplish largely the same thing. Oh, okay, guys. I'm the beast. <laughs> he, he, can, he can dole out the science and the, the techno babble. You know, don't let me get that beast to come out, guys. Uh, Sabretooth. Oh, we're going to beef this character up. Yeah. And I want to cast David Diggs from Blindspotting. Yeah. And nice. I'm Hamilton. Because right. he's huge. Um... And then I'm getting into the silly stuff. Toad, this was the last one I cast because every time I tried to put somebody in there, I thought that role is worthless. I might not even cast Toad. And then I realized, nope, Jai Courtney. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For Striker, I've got, again, I'm going with the Brian Cox Striker age. I went Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Oh, very nice. You can bark out the military shit about your your fucking fuckers. (laughs) You goddamn motherfuckers. (laughs) Uh, Mystique, I went Frida Pinto. Yeah. What has she been doing? Not a lot. 
Um, but she's the right age. Uh-huh. She's like early thirties. She's hot as hell. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And she's a good actress. Yeah, I so, like that. Uh, I went with her, and then uh, for <laughs> Lady Deathstrike because she's in X two, and I want to see uh, her fight Wolverine again. I went with Constance Wu. Yeah. Oh, is she a uh, finger lady? Finger lady. Oh, yeah, okay. or female Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, Constance Wu. And then I wanted to pull Emma Frost in. This is the January Jones mm-hmm. character from First Class, who's a much bigger deal in the X-Men than the original movies. Like, she's not even in the original movies, mm-hmm. but she goes from one of their biggest villains to one of their leaders by the end of her story arc. Uh, and I wanted to get Claire Danes in there. Oh, mm-hmm. that's very nice. Claire though. Danes in there. Yeah, there you go. There's and my... so somehow, some way, Miley's got to get in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> she can play Kitty Pride. Yeah, oh, Kitty Pride. Why not? Uh, how does January Jones kill that oligarch guy in in first class? Doesn't she like get him inside her and turn to glass? What she, she turns? She can turn to diamonds, right? Which makes her nearly indestructible. But how did she kill that dude? I don't remember. She did something like she was having sex with him, and then she turned to diamond. Well, that would hurt, mm-hmm. right? I don't did know. The, what... Did the whole Famke Janssen thing in in Golden Eye? Diamond Dentata. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering that all wrong. She did something completely. Yeah, different, it's probably but... just shot him. <laughs> yeah, she, she shot him with the gun. <laughs> You want so badly to explore the the diamond sex. Yes, exactly. Oh, shit. All right. Well, here's mine. I had to start with Wolverine because I thought that was the the most critical character because Hugh Jackman has embodied Mm. it. And I end up with uh, Tom Hardy. That's perfect. Because Tom Hardy, like, I mean, I I, I caught a little bit of The Revenant recently Mm. again. He's so fucking amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. And he can play as gruff. Like he could he could play that character like as well as Hugh Jackman, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh Storm. I'm doing all the, the heroes first. Storm is uh Gugu and Batha Raw. Whoa. Yeah. Who uh God, she's in something like that's out now, I think. Uh but I haven't seen her in a whole lot of stuff. I the thing I remember her most is in Cloverfield Paradox. And that's a terrible movie, but she's actually really good in that movie. Yeah, she's in a ton of things, and I've seen her in a ton of things, but I can't think of all. Of, I can't think of all the movies. Well, she's like, a the, really good actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, what I'm trying to do is like revitalize these characters to where even if they're small parts, they're played well. Like we said, Halle Berry is a very good actress, but she wasn't given anything to work with in that first X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean Grey. Is Emma Stone? Oh. Yeah. Now that's a lady worth fighting over. That's true. <laughs> it's very. I'm true. I'm going to talk about Emma Stone in my uh, recommendations. By the way, she is. She, I, I, uh, She's a delight. She makes my heart happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Stone, and then Cyclops. I want Cyclops to have more of a backbone because Cyclone. Cy- Cyclone. Yeah. Cyclops was 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 a was a pushover. The James Martin, yeah. Marsden. They tried to be like, oh well, he's he's. You know, beefing up to him and everything, but no, man. Wolverine versus Cyclops. There's no, there's no competition there. No. And so I want to give him a backbone. It's going to be Andrew Garfield. Ah, Andrew Garfield nice. and Emma Stone back together for ah, Amazing Spider-Man. Well, he's got the inside track, then. Um, yeah. Tom yeah, Hardy exactly, is right? fucked. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah, Tom Hardy, Andrew Garfield, and Emma Stone. That's a lot of sexiness. Um, Professor X is going to be Kanakan getting. <laughs> What? I can't even get it out. Keanu Reeves. Ah, yes. <laughs> okay. I actually thought about this. I didn't just put this in there. The the my characterization of Professor X is not only the authoritative kind of uh impact that he has over the the school and everything, 
to me, it's more of that warmth that you were talking about and more of the calmness. He never really raises his voice. And he's more of a teacher than he is as like a disciplinarian. You're or forgetting like that one time soldier. that he yelled, Eric, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think we've all discussed Keanu's limitations as an actor, but I think he's certainly got the Zen part down. Mm. And I think he could deliver these lines in a manner with which you'd say like, wow, he, he, that dude's, there's something, there's something there. There's something uh, behind the eyes there. So, yeah, Keanu is going to be my professor. Uh, We know that he doesn't look weird bald. Uh, Is it just in the Matrix that he was bald? It's the only one I can think of. Yeah, yeah, That and, and, well, no, he's, never mind. There is another movie, and I can't think of it right now. I think he does play bald somewhere else. Wow. Devil's Advocate. Probably. Uh, Yeah, no, I think that would be, I think that would be fun. All right. Anyway, so Canoe. Uh, Rogue is going to be Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Who's, I think, like 22 or something like Somewhere that. Somewhere um, And, you know, she's. we all know that she has chops, and who knows where she's going to take her career, but she definitely has the gravitas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's going to anchor that. She's going to be in a, uh, like falling in love with Harry Styles as Iceman. Yeah. yeah. Harry Styles. Harry. I sure hope Pyro is like uh, Louie. I didn't make a Pyro. Oh. Well, let's that make Pyro fun. Louie. <laughs> 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 let's just do it no, he would have no it would have to be zane would be uh would be pyro all right so now we've we've made a pyro uh but yeah harry styles man i want to see that boy do stuff well he's he on the did, cover, cover of rolling stone this month. he did fine um in dunkirk yep and then he was cast and backed out of the live action little mermaid as the prince so I guess did he waiting. back out? Well, maybe he wasn't actually cast. Oh, maybe no. it just got close. But mm-hmm. he was very close, and then he turned it down. Okay, I think that's what it was. He okay. was offered, and he turned it down. <laughs> the movie I was thinking of, and it's definitely not Keanu Reeves was bald or anything, but it was Little Buddha. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, but he's got he's got all sorts of crazy ass hair in that movie. <laughs> uh, I, I doubt I doubt that he was ever bald in it. But uh, the movie that uh, Gugu and Batha Raw that you're thinking of is probably motherless brooklyn oh yeah that's because we had just watched that trailer a million times yeah and she looks like she's really stretching in that one too yeah uh my magneto is going to be daniel fucking day lewis oh mm. well how are you gonna get him out of retirement mm. hey on. it's fantasy casting dude we're gonna pay out well, the then fucking, I want fucking dick hole for this movie uh- <laughs> 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 i want orson wells then if we're <laughs> fantasy casting <laughs> hey. he's alive yeah <laughs> That's true. We could expand the rules to say living or dead. Yeah, that would be wild. Yeah, I would uh, make I, then. I would make Charlie Chaplin, Professor X, mm-hmm. and Buster Keaton, Magneto. That's right. That would be delightful. Suck it. <laughs> Watch the non conversations they have. Yes. Listen. Okay. I think we've all seen Canoe when he's pulled up to really great actor actors in Devil's Advocate, mm-hmm. right? So Daniel Day Lewis versus Keanu Reeves. That's right. This X-Men is fucking crazy by the way. Like like I I like I'm not thinking about what the movie will become. I'm thinking about what happens 5 years down the road after this movie's tanked. And like and like somebody was like, "Who had the idea of putting Keanu Reeves as Professor X?" Who cast R2D2 as Toad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh my mystique is going to be Margot Robbie, which uh-huh. I misspelled on the thing. But uh, obviously, now we don't know what's going to happen with this Suicide Squad one that is directed by James Gunn, and hopefully it'll be good. But that first one was a piece of trash. She was, I guess, fine in it, um, but uh, I'd like to see her be in a better comic book movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know yeah. what to think about this other one. Yeah. We'll, well see. We'll see. Taika Waititi, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so that's Mystique. Sabretooth is going to be John Cena, who you actually mentioned before. Uh, again, I want to make these small roles a little more meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. And we've Literally. all seen what, yeah, exactly. We've all seen what John Cena can do in small doses, like, uh, like train wreck. Mm-hmm. He's great in train wreck. Blockers, a little bit too much Cena, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this would be perfect. He could get even, you know, a couple of, uh, little, uh, zingers in at Daniel Day DDL, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. DDL. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My toad is going to be Eco U Ice, uh, yeah. from the, uh, the, the raid movies because I want, because Ray Park was, was Toad in yep. the first one. And I don't think he ever, like, he did a couple of, like, jumps and stuff like that. But I think all that was CG. And it's kind of a, annoying to get, like, a, a martial arts yeah, the genius like The only performance of his that was actually him was whenever the tongue would flick across the room and yeah, grab yeah. something. Right, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He'd <laughs> been practicing that since and he I was three. I think Eco could totally pull that off. <laughs> and plus, he doesn't have a whole lot of lines, but I think he could do a lot with his characterization and his uh, fighting style. The physicality of it. Physicality. Mm-hmm. See, it's about emotionality. Yeah. I, man, Daniel Day and Canoe. Buttonheads. Buttonheads gently because they love each other. They mm. love each other. Nope. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> this, would, this, would, this would blow your mind. I bet I, bet I would pay to see your movie. Yep. <laughs> but after I paid to see mine and Chris's. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, triple feature. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll watch anything with some stunt casting in it, man. <laughs> All right, everybody. Time to talk about Mubi once again. Mubi! Uh, and uh, no surprise, they have a lot of great offerings this this month. They get some wild stuff on there, man. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie called Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. Ah, Ooh. I wanted to check this out. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, Turkish film from uh-huh. 2011. Uh, and it's about, uh, it's about a, a bunch of guys like who are, uh, there's detectives and cops and, uh, there's a, there's a guy they keep calling the prosecutor who I'm assuming is what would be like our, uh, DA or something like that. Uh, and they're driving these two suspects around a, like just this basically like a a sea of like similar, same landscape stuff looking for a dead body that these two that they know that these two are responsible for and uh and so like the the movie's just beautifully shot Mm. all the way through uh the uh but like we see these guys we see the suspects with the guy who has been killed right at the beginning and they're talking they're having fun they're like they're laughing and then like the movie breaks and then there's they're now they're looking for his dead body hmm. and uh the movie makes this as an excuse to have all the people really just talk about other things that are important to them because the you, you i don't i don't know what to classify this kind of movie as where the the search for something is almost um is almost a, a MacGuffin in a way. Oh, so it's not like a traditional murder mystery. Or not really. We know that these two guys did it, or oh. or at least one of them mm-hmm. did. Uh, and and it, and it really, they're just trying to find. You know, they're trying to find the body. They don't know if they'll ever find it. They're searching at night, mm. and the guy's like, "I was really drunk, and I don't remember." And mm. it's pretty clear that he doesn't. It's not like he's trying to lie or anything like that. 
that might be a little bit spoilery for some people because when you're first watching it, you're like, okay, what's going on? What's up with this? But essentially, though, it like I said, it's more of a, a platform for them to have discussions about everyday life things. Hmm. One of the first conversations is the chief inspector guy is talking about buffalo yogurt. Hmm. And he's talking with talking in the, in the car about this buffalo yogurt. And there's this long riff about it and everything. <laughs> and it's so funny. And then uh, and then there's like a, a discussion about, wow, this is the fifth time we've pulled over. And that guy and they're talking about the uh, the, the prosecutor. The fifth time this guy has gotten out to go pee or whatever, and there's a doctor with him. It's like, what is that doctor? Is that the prostate? And he's like, it depends. You know, it's like there's a lot. It's like after five times, it depends. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you have to not without an examination, you can't do anything. And then so like they go from place to place, and then uh, the prosecutor is talking to the doctor, and he's like, uh, he's like tells a story about this woman who predicted the day of her death. And, uh, she had, she had a kid with, with, uh, she and her husband had a kid and sure enough, just a few days after she dies. Mm. And, and, uh, so the doctor's like, well, how did he, how did she die? And, uh, he's like, uh, at first he doesn't want to answer. And then he comes back and he's like, well, she died of a heart attack and everything. He's like, well, you know, there are, there are certain drugs that, that people can use to, to actually make it look like a heart attack and everything. And so there's this sort of like story going on hmm. and everything. It goes all the way from them searching for the body, finding the body. I know that sounds spoilery, but it's not really. Hmm. And to all the way to the autopsy and everything going through like this. And of course we, we get some interesting details about this murder too and everything, but it's a great movie. Hmm. It's really, really good. Um, uh, uh, on movies own service, it's at a 4.2 out of five, which mm. is very high. Yeah. And then, and then on IMDb, it's, it's a 7.8, which is another general good, uh, good rating and mm -hmm. everything. So, uh, one of the, a, a great, uh, offering for movie there and it will be there when, as this one airs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So no, I've been wanting to check that out. This is a perfect time to sign up for this. There's, there's two music based options on here. Mm -hmm. One of them is uh kind of a documentary but more of like an in his own words type of thing it's uh jonas mikas doing scenes from the life of andy warhol oh friendships yeah. and intersections this is a short film it's about 30 minutes or so and it's it's basically you ever go over to somebody's house and watch their home movies people don't do that much anymore but back in the day you go over and watch only when they're movies. asleep yeah <laughs> <laughs> Up, man. <laughs> this reminds me of a john mulaney joke and i will tell that after we're done with the movie <laughs> uh anyway this is like home movies of andy warhol mm -hmm. and it's like you know watching home movies is fun sometimes if you know the people but this is like home movies with john lennon and yoko ono like having dinner with them and like edie sedgwick and like all the like the kennedys and shit like that mm -hmm. and and it's all like his interactions over time over the course of his career really and it's scored by the velvet underground mm. so this is just like a classic like just snapshot of that generation the mm. factory there's some alan ginsburg is in there very very interesting and there's another movie uh called million dollar hotel have you ever seen this yes you have seen this yes the movie's insane. It is insane. <laughs> this is uh, 
Is it Wim Wenders or is it Vim Vendors? Vim Vendors. Vim Vendors. He did Buena Vista Social Club Mm -hmm. and uh, Paris, Texas and stuff like that. I had actually never seen. I saw some of Buena Vista Social Club. Uh, but I checked this out. It's got a ridiculous cast. It it's does. got Jeremy Davies, Mila Jovovich, uh, Peter Stormare is Ooh. great in this movie. He plays a member of the Beatles, I guess, basically George Harrison, but he's not exactly him. But he's 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 doing his Peter Stormare does a British accent, <laughs> <laughs> and there's still a little Stormare in there. Yeah. That's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> uh, but this this movie, it, it's got Mel Gibson in it as. Uh, as the the main guy tim roth actually plays his son uh but it's a very interesting crazy enjoyable movie yeah and uh bono um produced it he scored it not scored it so so yeah it's it's technically i think you two as the music for this uh it's really really interesting and i actually want to check out more uh of vim vendors's work because he's like a German new wave director right yeah new german cinema uh, so yeah, it's re- it's really interesting, very colorful, um, and Mila Jovovich is pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what? Uh, where where do people go if they want to check out Mubi? Mubi dot com slash Cinema Here's what you're gonna get. Here's we're not just talking about this for Mm-mm. nothing. Nope. You're gonna get 30 days free on this service. That's long enough for you to soak up, to ingest, to draw all the mu- the, the 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 movie m- magic of Mubi. Mm. alliteration aside this is a good deal 30 days free mubi.com mubi.com slash cinema takes you right there you sign up 30 days free boom boom yeah one month free 60 total movies that you'll have a chance to watch that's right uh, for free mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what you're waiting for so uh do we have uh some recommends and warrants totes amaze balls there great it won hey. the academy award oh for what for best movie ever made yeah Boy, howdy yeah hey uh last last week we were uh messing around and uh chris and jonathan and i were talking about rule 34 is that what yeah rule can... 34 is the if it exists there's a porn of it right yeah. yeah and for whatever reason that reminded me of this movie movie 43 that i never saw but it was what 2013 and talk about stunt casting. Mm-hmm. This had like everybody in the world from Hollywood in there. Yep. Um. And uh. And it was universally panned, from my understanding. It's like four point three on IMDb and like I don't know five or seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But I also did just realize that it was on Netflix, and I was like, man, there's so much talent involved in that. Mm-hmm. It cannot be the worst thing I've ever seen. And so I watched it. Mm. And it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. That's good to know. And it's in vignettes. It's very much like a Kentucky Fried movie. Yeah. Wasn't it also, didn't it also have multiple directors? Yes. Okay. It had, um, the directors were uh, people like Peter Farrelly, Elizabeth Banks, Brett Ratner, James Gunn actually was one, uh, Griffin Dunn, Stephen Brill. So again, a lot of talent behind the the, the camera too. And so there's a, it's a series of vignettes of like 14 vignettes. And it starts off with the worst one, with, uh, with Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman, uh, where Hugh Jackman has balls on his chin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Holy and shit. And like that, actual balls? Actual balls. Yeah. That, that reacts the way balls do. Right. Yeah. There, he's on this date with her. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I can't remember. Is he trying to hide it at first? No. He does, never hides they, it. He doesn't mention it. Okay. Like nobody mentions it. Right. And so she's the only one. She's like, they're going to dinner and like the waiters come by and she's like, 
<laughs> and nobody nobody acknowledges the the balls at all. Like he holds a baby and the balls are resting on the kid's head and all that stuff. It's a horrible, horrible segment. But it set the tone to me because it, this is all uh, pitched by a crazed you know former producer played by Dennis Quaid to a current producer played by Greg Kinnear. And he's like, here's my movie. And so he starts off with this scene of Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman where he's got balls on his chin. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's saying we're going to be ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous, even if it's a one note premise or whatever. Yeah. And so from that point on, there's a couple of just absolute misses. The one with Anna Ferris and uh, and uh, Chris Pratt mm-hmm. is hideous just mm-hmm. on a conceptual level and an uh, execution. But then there's some really funny stuff. Like there's one with Liev Schreiber and uh, and Liev 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 Schreiber and Naomi Watts, mm-hmm. uh, and then the kid from Shameless. Uh, they're married in real life. Oh, they well, used to be. They're not married in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. There is a absolute hilarious scene that's essentially just Kieran Culkin and Emma Stone, mm-hmm. where they're former lovers that are arguing at a supermarket. He's a clerk. She's just come in to fuck with them mm-hmm. and they're rehashing their relationship. And she's like, I can't believe you stole that money from from your grandmother. And he's like, I can't believe that you blew a hobo just for some magic beans. And she was like, he was a wizard, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> this scene is fucking hilarious, man. It's all that's all. It's like it's like seven minutes of them arguing the most absurd things ever mm-hmm. and then there's there's one with elizabeth banks it's really good there's one with uh with uh is he um, recommending this movie i'm rick warning it oh uh, okay there's one with chloe grace and uh mclovin that's really funny <laughs> and uh patrick warburton i swear to god every this is the nexus of the kevin bacon game basically yeah. you can find all different directions from this movie maybe that's part of the reason that they made it it's not good. In fact, it's objectively terrible. Mm-hmm. But there's enough funniness in there where I may even watch this again late at night. I don't I'm know, out. man. It's like it sounds like Saturday Night Live to me where and it was probably always this way when I was a kid. But when I was a teenager, it felt like it was consistently funny. And the last several years, I feel like there's one funny sketch every episode. But I don't want to spend a whole hour and a half waiting for one funny sketch. So I just wait till the next day. Mm -hmm. So what I need to do is have you sit down and tell me all the best vignettes and I'll go watch them on YouTube and I don't have to watch the bullshit ones. That's perfectly fine. That's that's a great way to watch this movie. I didn't know which ones were good or bad. So I just kind of like made my way through. Sure. Uh, But yeah, no, I'll totally do that because there are skits in here that are or vignettes in here that are totally worth watching okay yeah all right interesting you, did you see it before did you say you'd seen it yeah i saw it in theaters when i was still working at hollywood 27 i have not seen it since do you remember a whole lot about it other than the balls on the chin thing it's the only <laughs> thing that i remember um i just re- and i remember there just being an ungodly amount of a-list actors mm-hmm course there were a lot of people who were either dating or or getting married or whatever at the time yeah, playing yeah. in the same scene did he have regular balls too in the normal spot or uh, were his balls misplaced on his chin or did his chin just also have a second set of balls we uh we never know are there sex organs in there is there any brewing any <laughs> buffalo yogurt up in that <laughs> chin balls <laughs> that's a callback to the movie ad. <laughs> Oh, uh, I swallowed your buffalo yogurt. Yeah. That means something. Yes. I don't know. They never, uh, they never really explain it. All right. Uh, you probably yeah. want to avoid the uh, the Chris Pratt and 
on a ferris one yeah uh, i think that whole the like you were saying the whole point of the balls on his chin was the the la- the joke is that nobody's acknowledging it <laughs> at all so the idea that we'd get any knowledge about it at all would would step on that joke and yeah, step yeah, on yeah. those balls exactly step on and those balls and it's such a bad joke but it, it just seems like the movie is reveling in it in a way that is a little more self-aware than what you typically get in a bad comedy mm-hmm. um so yeah this is a this is a very much record one okay Ooh, yeah little, all right me go yeah. ahead um i'm going to record warn a couple of films i'll start with mary queen of scots oh this is a shershi and margot robbie this is a recommend this is a record warn they're both record warns okay this is a little bit, a bit more glowing. I I watched this movie Saturday, and then I saw it was on again yesterday, and I watched it again. Mm. Uh, Margot Robbie plays Queen Elizabeth. Saoirse Ronan plays Mary Queen of Scots. Mm. Saoirse? Saoirse. 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 She should get an easier to say name. <laughs> they, had, they did a whole Saturday Night Live thing about this. Did they? Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, who apparently is only going to do English period pieces. <laughs> Joe Allen. Uh, Joe Allen is in this. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any. Oh, uh, um, um, mm-hmm. Guy Pierce. Oh. Um, and the guy who's the main character in Primary Colors. Uh, the kid who's wide eyed and by the end of it has realized everybody sucks. The David Lester or something? David Lester. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's right. He's in this. Okay. Um, so basically, what you have here is <clears throat> it's mostly the story of the Scottish queen marrying uh, Saoirse. And she has been in France because she was a baby when she became queen. And now she's like of age and she's come back sometime in between there and coming back to rule her own Scotland. She married a dude who died. This is all based on fact. Mm -hmm. They got married young back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she comes back and her brother has been the ward of Scotland and he now becomes her advisor. And it's this back and forth. Queen Elizabeth doesn't want Scotland to be a sovereign state, but there's also the concern that because Mary, Queen of Scots, is Catholic, uh, that she could take the whole of England and Scotland as the leader. And so England is making moves to try and get her to marry somebody that they can control, Mm. Um, which is Joe Ullman. Um, but she re- she rejects him. Anyway, I don't need to give the whole plot of the movie. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's the some of the countryside shots. I swear they went they ride horses through the valley of James Bond's childhood home from Skyfall. <laughs> like like that kind of cinematography of those kind of and they're in horses and carriages. It's gorgeous. The acting is incredible. Uh, Searsha especially is really good. Um, it's a little boring. Oh yeah. There's unexpected amounts of wild sex in this movie. Oh, okay. Like, Mary likes it. Yeah, Um, sure. And uh, good for her. Um, (laughs) She loves the cock. So I watched... (laughs) It's basically about everybody's trying to take power. Everybody's manipulating and uh, undermining each other. And then in the very end, we get these two who are who are cousins. Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots are cousins. They even call each other sister because it was a pretty incestuous time back then. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> she even marries somebody from her own family. She marries another Stuart later in the movie. Uh, and they have this weird hall of mirrors kind of thing where they're like, there's some kind of room. It's a bunch of sh- hanging sheets, white sheets, and they're both on either ends of it. Hmm. And they walk. And they glide through the sheets before they get face to face and have a conversation where 
Elizabeth is just kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> and if you know anything about the history, Mary Queen of Scots gets her head chopped off. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure every single monarch that ever ruled got their head chopped off. <laughs> yeah. uh, I go and look this up afterwards to try and learn more. When I'm intrigued by a movie, I usually want to know who made this. Mm-hmm. I get to the director. This is her first feature film. Really? Almost all of her experience is uh, Broadway, stage direction. Uh. Uh, and so that that's why I watched it a second time, because I, the first time through, I thought it was just okay. Kind of a B minus, B with decent cinematography. But once I found out that was the first feature, I was like, I got to go look at this again. And that, in terms of like costumes and ornate hairstyles, like I recommended it to my wife because she loves that kind of shit. Um, I said, it's like Marie Antoinette. She said, I love that movie. And I was like, yeah, it's not very good, but <laughs> but you'll like it. Uh, so it's a, it's a wreck of war. And again, the acting is really good. Um, there is some intrigue here and there. It, definitely slogs in places mm. uh and it's not like a home run like elizabeth mm. um <clears throat> the movie uh, but there you go the guy nice. we were uh the guy that i said was david lester is actually adrian lester, adrian lester name, lester so. was the part that i thought was the good yeah poem. lester was for sure right but uh yeah i was excited about that movie uh when we did it on the last year's fall preview i think mm-hmm. um i think i was excited about it yeah um her, it, her scottish accent is awesome serious because she's irish right mm-hmm uh that's got to be well i don't know how hard that is maybe it's maybe it's easier for an irish person to do a scottish and vice versa are you telling me irish and scottish accents are different <laughs> i'm not i think they're the same but <laughs> well, i i met a scottish woman one time at a at a convention or a, a, a drug meeting or something like that and uh she was very very scottish and had the the accent i was like oh i can do a scottish accent so i did my scottish and she was like what the fuck is that yeah mm-hmm. yep yeah uh i think she is irish though she sounded she said i sounded irish uh yeah and she does that accent in brooklyn she does that yeah, very yeah, well yeah, yeah. Uh, she's great and that's probably the only reason i would have ever even looked at this mm-hmm. um but yeah there you go recca warren all right is Saoirse ronan taller than margot robbie god not according to my brain oh, okay because the poster seems to make unless it's just the way they are juxtaposed there it looks mm. like she's taller that's weird because Which no i would not i would not have guessed even that. in the final scene i swear to god margot robbie's looking down mm-hmm. like her eyes are looking down because they did that cross cut thing but mm. um yeah i don't know they don't mm. they don't they only are in that one scene together uh, and they're, they're never standing side by side for a photo like that uh, okay uh i only have one uh uh in this recommender warren i'm going to recommend apollo 11 Ooh. uh this um came out earlier in the year as for the right, 50th yeah, yeah. anniversary of the moon landing uh they found some footage that had never been released before not to be confused with the found footage apollo 18 Eight or yeah 18 <laughs> yeah uh yeah not to be confused with that piece of shit <laughs> by the way that's what i thought piece of shit um uh i remember being somewhat kind of excited about apollo 18 <laughs> and then and then watched it and i, I halfway through it was one of the few movies where halfway through i nearly shut it off <laughs> um apollo 11 they found uh they found some footage including i think some like 65 millimeter footage wow of uh of the um lead up to the lead up to the launch of the rocket and everything it starts off with this i'd never would have thought of about this before uh this big huge slow moving thing that is carrying the rocket to the launch pad mm-hmm. uh and it's just like this just just very barely moving 
And, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's got all this footage of like the, the, you know, the astronauts getting in their suits and, and, uh, and getting prepared. You can see the looks on their faces. Like this could be it, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this could be the end of, you know, this, we don't know how this is going to go. All the footage of like, you know, what's going on in the control room, all the footage of people, like there's some insane amount of people who've gone out to watch the launch mm. and everything. Uh, I was looking at the trivia later. I didn't notice this myself, but you can see Johnny Carson in the crowd at one oh, point. Wow. This is a documentary? Yes. Okay. Was that not clear from what I said at the beginning? Uh, probably Crystal. I, it's maybe uh, it's, It was found footage of the, of the Apollo 11 launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that NASA had, uh, and they have all the build up to the launch, and um, and uh, and then of course they have some actually during during the launch, and there was film, there was some film they shot while in the rocket, and when they were on the moon too, hmm. that they that they found and put in the movie and everything, wow. and uh, and so it, it's it's really interesting to watch just all the their entire travel to the moon all the the you know that them like trying to look for a good landing spot on the moon and like like okay we're down to a thousand feet okay now now we're about to 300 i haven't had a pl- one spot here you could probably put it down okay yeah blah 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 huh. they didn't know exactly I where they were gonna so. land don't Holy think so they, 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 he, all that. i think he even gets wasn't it grissom that was piloting uh no um it's that uh what's it uh, I can't remember the third guy. The third guy we always fuck over. Yeah, yeah. Because on one on one of the from the Earth to the Moon episodes, they talk about like what an exceptional job that guy did landing it. That's because, I thought all of that was was super specifically. No, he was, I think he was doing it by sight right oh, there at the God. end. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, Michael Collins is his name. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, uh, they didn't know exactly where they're going to land, and then just just uh listening to neil armstrong as he's going out and we've all heard the you know the famous you know one small step for man one giant leap for mankind thing but hearing it hearing all the stuff leading up to him saying that very matter of factly you know like when we hear it it sounds like something that you know it's an event but in the middle of everything else he's saying it just sounds like a normal now obviously he probably thought about that for a while yeah yeah and made sure he had some real good line sure to say but still he's sitting there doing very technical stuff and then he get he's like all right i'm gonna get off of the uh i'm gonna get off the the lm now and so just like almost monotone he's- yeah i'm gonna get off the lm now <laughs> and then he's like thing. and then he's like there's a pause and then he's like that's one small step for man one giant leap for mankind and then he goes on through some more <laughs> shit you know there's some more stuff that he's talking about like i'm looking out here it's 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 a great you know it's a it's an awesome a- atmosphere we're all alone out here blah 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 all these things and then Buzz Aldrin comes out and he says his thing and and uh, they're they're discussing the the texture of the moon as they're mm. walking on it and and uh and uh just th- there's a lot of like cool little things in there like the you know uh, images from their images from their ship looking back at earth and uh just a lot of just really cool things. I can't recommend Apollo 11 enough. That's oh, just cool. a that's kind of that's just one of those those things you've never seen this stuff before. That's a seminal moment in human history, and uh, and there's footage that you haven't seen mm. in it, and um, it's uh, it's really good. And there's a, a lot of humor in it too. Like uh, uh, there's a point, and I read that this was actually on their way back, not on the way there. But they they frame it as if this was on the way there. But um, uh, the 
the I guess the heart monitors or whatever of Michael Collins are 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 in between reading and not reading and they're like will you adjust those and everything and and he apparently he does something for them and he puts it back on and they're like oh yeah we saw the spike and everything but it still seems like it's not working he says something to the effect of well if i uh if i stop breathing i promise i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, uh but uh yeah there's a lot of it, the footage is gorgeous they cleaned it up man it looks like you know it looks like something that was shot today if the only thing that can only thing that tells you that it wasn't is just the hairstyles and the clothing and and everything. It's hard like to that. believe that there's so much footage that we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and how much. I'm sure there's something in the in the Blu-ray that I haven't seen yet that showed how they came upon this footage. I haven't read the story about huh. how they found it or anything yet, so I don't know how they did that, but. Uh, yeah, it is kind of unusual. You would think that after 50 years, yeah. that would have easily been found and sh- and shown to the public and everything. <laughs> I so. love the, the guy on Apollo 12, the first guy off. His first words were, whoopee! They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did a belly flop. Yes. He, well, he was just kind of, I guess, fo- floating down on the different gravity of the moon but everybody was all like what's he gonna say you know that i got that guy did the one small step for man <laughs> what's this guy gonna say he goes whoopee yeah. <laughs> that would be totally be me by the way yeah I, well, this is yeah. how stupid i am i didn't really you're, you're being serious i am are you serious yeah i am i didn't realize that no that's because he was he was kind of a prankster they were half nervous he was going to say something really inappropriate <laughs> and half wondering what deep thing he'd come up with to say and he fooled them all and went, Whoopee. Oh, i will say funny. that this movie uh has made me want to go watch from earth to the moon oh it's I'm so not, good i am not certain that i saw it when it first came on and i don't know re- i don't remember if i saw it or not but i know that i uh, after i watched this i immediately like cranked up the first episode uh-huh. uh, of it and everything and i was exhausted but i was like yeah i definitely haven't seen i don't think i've seen this so i'm gonna watch that series now oh man nice. that is a who's who in who's worked with tom hanks yeah yeah because you watch that and it's like oh that guy was in apollo 13 that guy was in that thing you do that guy was in apollo 13 yeah. that guy was in green mile that yeah. guy was in that thing you do yeah. that guy was in bosom buddies because the dad from that thing you do the first agent from that thing you do kevin pollack is in that thing you do they're all in from the earth to the moon oh. anyway yeah because it's that's it came out two years after that thing you do so yeah. it makes sense that people like steve zahn and all them Yep. In it. Yeah. You got another? Uh, no yeah. Jonathan Sketch, though, right? I don't think Jonathan Sketch no is Jonathan in it. Sketch. No. Trying to decide, because I watched a really interesting documentary on Maria Callas, uh, but I think I'm going to recommend the other thing. Okay. Uh, so, Ken Burns, legendary documentarian that mm-hmm. did Civil War, and he did baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Recent podcast guest of the Boltons. That's right. Um, he is doing a, I believe it's eight hour, maybe longer documentary on country music. Ooh. And it's coming out. In fact, it just uh, arrived two weeks ago as you, you listen to this. Uh, so two episodes have now aired. Um, and f- from hearing about what, what he has to say about it, he said this is like one of his most fun things that he's ever done, like one of the most enjoyable documentaries that he's ever done. And you think about Ken Burns, mm-hmm. Ken fucking Burns mm-hmm. saying this. Mm-hmm. And he's super excited about it. And so, uh, so he's amazing. I'm looking forward to watching it. But also, PBS ran a concert uh, to to commemorate this at the Ryman Auditorium, this 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 church of gospel and country music in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, it aired on PBS. And what it is is essentially performances of the history of country music. Mm-hmm. Now, those of us who grew up in Nashville, a lot of us that grew up in Nashville, especially in the 80s and 90s, 
a lot of the people that I know did not like country music mm-hmm. because during the 80s and 90s, country music really wasn't in the best shape that it was ever in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had a love-hate relationship with it over the years. Mm-hmm. And so I just happened upon this, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll... What, it was at the very beginning of it, and it was uh, the... Uh, I forget the name of the Cowboys, but they were doing a performance of Tumbling Along with the Tumbling Tumbleweeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just this beautiful harmonic uh cohesion it cohesed nice uh, mm-hmm. between the five of them and i was like all right well i'll stick around for the next one the next one was like you know a, a dolly parton thing the next one was a loretta lynn thing and the next one was a, a was a bluegrass thing uh with uh, marty stewart and ricky skaggs who were mm-hmm. just amazing musicians it ended up with uh, johnny cash's daughter uh singing uh singing a johnny cash song mm-hmm. it was absolutely riveting mm-hmm. if you have access to PBS or you have it come on the TV or it's probably online actually. I would totally recommend even if you don't like country music, especially if you don't like country music, this is an absolute riot. It's funny. It gives you a very good glimpse into the background of this city in particular yeah. and the musical roots that came out of it. They talk a lot about the Nashville sound. Yeah. And uh it is absolutely fantastic huh. i will say that uh and and the only reason why i took this tour was because the, when the maltons were here we went to the ryman yeah, yeah, yeah and we sat we walked through the ryman's tour of all the stuff and i was like i this was fascinating history <laughs> to me something that i would have never probably gone on on my own mm-hmm. but i'm so glad that i that i did because the the history is fascinating and they've gotten this you know they've got some serious stuff in there like they they talk about the good and the bad Mm -hmm. and everything and especially uh who was it that they had they were gonna have a concert for a black musician and i can't remember he's a he's a famous one and i just can't think of who it was Mm. um and there were all sorts of protests in nashville and or there may have been protests in Memphis, and then they decided to cancel the one in Nashville. Mm. And then because there was enough, um, I think it was because there was enough um, uh, pushback, he ended up still playing. Mm. Um, and uh, but it you know, so and you know it was I can't remember the full story, but it was another thing that I was like, wow, I didn't realize that was even something happening. And it's amazing. It was it, it made me feel somewhat prideful, even though I think there was still a lot of racist activity in Nashville mm. at the time um, that uh, that they he still played the show, even though there was this, yeah, yeah. you know, all this nastiness going on. Uh, I, I definitely want to watch this Ken yeah. Burns thing. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm in because, I mean, the guy doesn't do anything that is half-assed like he'll spend years and years and years and years on a subject dude uh, that i haven't seen the civil war one i intend to but uh um but i've seen his baseball mm-hmm. and uh and i know that there are not many baseball fans out there <laughs> probably listening to us and everything but i'm a huge baseball fan mm. and that is some of the best stuff ever like they played on mlb all the time mm and and uh, during the off season and and you just get wrapped up in yeah. stories that are on there hmm. yeah the guy can get amazing stories out of it. i mean they played some of the documentary in this concert and the stuff uh interviewing uh, dolly parton about like how she was writing 
these amazing songs. She's, she's writing Jolene and she's writing, you know, uh, one other huge hit song like on the same day. Uh, and then, but she was under the control of Porter Wagner, who was her manager and her, her basically like she was part of his group back in the day and they had an amicable relationship. And this is how awesome Dolly Parton is. Dolly Parton was like, all right, how am I going to get out of this? Like I could keep talking to him, but he's not going to listen. So she got sat down and she wrote a song. She wrote, I will always love you about Porter Wagner. And she was like, listen, sit your ass down. I'm going to sing this for you. And then I'm going to get out of this contract. Wow. And she did. He started crying hmm. and he let her out of the contract. Jesus Christ. He wanted to produce the song and he said, then then you can go. And she was like, all right. It's just fucking awesome. <laughs> Jesus. So that's just a snippet, like maybe a five to seven minute snippet from the documentary already got me sold. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. This is good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I got another record worn. Yeah. In that there's enough there. You might enjoy it, but there's enough that didn't quite work for me that you might hate it mm. mostly record warned means i kind of want you to see it but i don't want you to be mad at me if you hate it <laughs> that's basically what i mean this movie's called rust creek <clears throat> came out in 2018 no you've never heard of it mm. um <laughs> shocking there are um about five people in this movie that you will recognize that guy was on that one episode of ncis <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the main girl uh do you remember in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, where uh, Tom Cruise goes into a record store to get a Mission mm -hmm, Impossible. Yeah, yeah. She's the girl that works in the record uh, store. Okay. Yeah. So she's the main lead here. She has told her parents she's staying at college for Thanksgiving. She has told her college friends she's going home for Thanksgiving. In reality, she's a goody two-shoes. She's going to a job interview because she's an uh, overachiever. Okay. Car breaks down in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. A.K.A. Rapist County. Oh, no. <clears throat> Two rednecks come by in a truck. They go from offering her a ride to go get the part, but she's a little skeezed out. No, I'll just stay here. Thanks. Then dude tries to, like, pull her pants down. Broad daylight, by the way. This is how remote the area of Kentucky we're in. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Cell signals don't work. This is where we are. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. So she manages to, like, she has a knife or something, stabs the dude. He keels over, and she runs off through the field into the woods. Okay. <clears throat> she is found by yet another uh, woods-dwelling redneck who takes her back to his trailer and chains her up to the wall. Oh, my. And he keeps saying things to her like, I'm protecting you. Those guys would, would hurt you. She's like, well, why do you have to keep me chained up? And he's like, basically... Long story short, they work together. The two would-be rapists and this guy make meth. Oh. And who do they make it for? The sheriff of the county. <laughs> Who's in on it? So this is your basic, you know, she's kidnapped. He keeps saying he wants to help her. And then over the course of a few days, he decides to teach her how to make meth. Then she's then she's making meth with him on the regular. They make Still a chained? couple bad. No, she's not. She's not chained anymore. <laughs> okay, but she doesn't run away. Okay, um, it's a weird movie, but it's gorgeous. Again, really? uh, the cinematography is great. Um, as I was researching to talk about this movie, I discovered it was produced by a company that uh, has pledged to do whatever they can to hire females in key filmmaking roles. So the director. The director of photography, all females on this. Hmm. Um, and in the end, that guy really was trying to protect her and does try and help her avoid getting murdered. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, an hour and a half went by like that, and I didn't really see the time go by. It was gorgeous scenery. I didn't really know where it was going to go. What's the worn part of this? I don't it sounds think like a pretty good movie. I don't think it's all that great. Yeah. I don't think the acting is all that great. Mm. Um, at least with the, the, the sheriff and the redneck people. <laughs> the girl's fine. So she's she starts to... She's a like a Jesse type of thing. Like She, sort she of. starts to enjoy and, and she's good at making the meth. Basically, the, this guy doesn't even have a car. Okay. So the plan, according to him, is when these two idiots out here who have a truck... They're going to go do some run on Saturday. I'm going to go up, take the car, and I'll take you across the county line to the cops and we'll get you help. Okay. That's what he keeps telling her. And so it's basically this, if she wants to survive, she plays this waiting game of, like, you know, he even says at one point, you can go running off into the woods again if you want, but you're going to be no better off than you were the last time because we're too far from anywhere for you to get anywhere. So, yeah, she kind of goes, she goes from captive to, to meth, meth cooker. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then... um People start shooting and uh, mm-hmm. leaves, stream, water. I <laughs> I enjoyed it. I want you to watch it. I don't want you to be mad at me if you hate it. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get I can get down for one of those movies. I mean, those are this is a common uh, uh, thread of uh, people taking the wrong turn. There you go, wrong <laughs> turn. Yeah, wrong turn. By they they are in production on another wrong turn movie. Are they now? I have read it as uh, the sixth. It's another sequel. I have read that it's a reboot of the original. Really? And I honestly don't care as long as they make another one. Yeah. Is it six or seven? Seven. Six. Seven would be the next one, right? Know. Yeah, I think They've so. done six. Wow. Six I, is good. I just watch them. I don't count them. <laughs> six is good. Six is good. Six. Yeah. Six. <laughs> uh, do we want to do some questions? Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Yeah, let's do some questions. Uh, I have one that was emailed to us. Ooh, this was emailed. Best. I was rewatching The Lobster a few nights ago. Ooh. Have you seen this movie, Jeremy? No, but I understand the premise enough you to be able to answer the question. Gotcha. I was rewatching The Lobster a few nights ago. It somehow became institutionalized as my partner's and my go-to anniversary movie for the past few years. Yikes. I have a... F- <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun movie. Uh, I have a few ideas, but I'm wondering if you all have ever come to a consensus on what animal no one wants to be. What animal does no one want to be? <laughs> They, I get. I mean, I, I'm wondering: Does it require knowledge of the movie to Not know necessarily. that? Necessarily, it, it just prompted the idea for yeah, the question. Yeah, the yeah. premise of the movie, without spoiling, is basically that if you don't find a partner, a love partner, you turn into a lobster. You, you know, you turn into the uh, animal of your choice. I, I believe think. so. Yeah, yeah, it's the animal of your choice, and uh, and so before you go into this thing, you have to des- you have to tell them what it is that you want to ah, be. Um, and, and he chooses lobster. Yeah. Okay. I um I, I I and this movie this movie's insane. I love it. Yeah. I, it's it's one of those where like um the, the logic of the characters is just so off that it just it's funny because of it. They hmm. say they do play it so straight. Yep. Um I think at the beginning of this movie, I can't remember who it was. Is it Francis Conroy? Somebody like that. Uh, is driving down a road and then she pulls out a gun and just shoots a cow i think that's at the very beginning of it and you're like why the fuck did she do that <laughs> um but uh i actually picked cow yeah hmm. yeah um yeah. the uh the first off i mean not that not that cows really worry about this but if you were human 
and became a cow, you sleep upright. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. And then when it's time, it, you, then it's going to be time for you to get slaughtered. You're going to see all your friends get slaughtered in front of you, yeah. unless you're number one. <laughs> you kind of want to be number one. Yeah. Kind of be number one yeah, in that. In the meantime, Chris Farley's going to come tip you over with Rob Lowe. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's the way things go. Cow tipping. Oh, and uh, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Yeah. With Rob uh, Lowe. He takes Rob Lowe out cow tipping. Yeah. Oh, not David Spade. It's Rob Lowe. Yeah, that's David Spade. Yeah, because they're trying to be brothers and yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, and also, if you're, I mean, maybe, maybe you just become full blown cow and you don't have your human thoughts and everything. <laughs> but you eat grass too. Yeah, you eat yeah. grass. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to be a cow. So you're talking about an American cow, not like those fancy fucking like Kobe. Uh, cows that get massaged right, they get and all the and all that <laughs> right shit. right right yeah like yeah. if you if, if you wanted a way to go that would be the way to go <laughs> uh, i don't want to be a cow yeah no yeah. but i chose hummingbird um why is that uh because uh, i love hummingbirds i put a feeder out every year <laughs> i like to watch them they are fucking fascinating creatures but ultimately their lives boil down to be they're basically a creature version of like the stupidest machine ever built have you seen that thing where like a human clicks a flicks a switch and then a hand comes out from the, the box and flicks a switch back the other way it's like a redundancy machine have you seen that <laughs> no that's what the, that's what hummingbirds are because the only reason they eat so much is so they can sustain so they can have the calories they need to burn mm. to fly the way they do yeah their metabolism as fast insane. as that if you ate as much as a hummingbird just based on like calorie ratio you have to eat i will look this up it's like 274 cheeseburgers a day <laughs> so a hummingbird is eating so that it can fly so that it can get to the food so that it can eat so that it can fly so that it can get to the food and it just never ends wow and i think that's got to be one of the most annoying cycles ever if i'm a hummingbird i'm down there for like my first morning sip and i'm like shit i'm gonna have to come back here 300 more times today before this day is over i think that would just be my mo monotony to find mm -hmm. <laughs> like i could i never worked at a factory because i always thought i would go insane doing yeah. the same thing over and over for eight hours a day imagine being a fucking hummingbird yeah, yeah. I like yours. Uh, by the way, it, uh, it was not Francis Conroy. It was Jacqueline Abrahams, who was who is credited as donkey shooter. Donkey shooter. <laughs> so she shot a donkey at the beginning of it, not a cow. <laughs> but it, I knew it was a farm animal or something of some sort. And uh, it only becomes apparent why she shoots him oh, yeah. later on. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, donkey's a bad one too, right? Yeah, because yeah. all your like nobody cares about it. even Tom Waits and uh, Buster Scruggs didn't give a shit about his donkey. Yeah, like uh, you know you you get packed down stuff mm -hmm. and like yeah you have to go across rough terrain. People call you ass. People call yeah. you ass. Right. I mean, what the hell? That's why Eeyore's like so depressed. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's not my answer. But donkey is a, a bad one. My answer is goldfish. Mm. Because have you ever had a goldfish? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. You remember, because goldfish typically are, are, are given to, to kids mm -hmm. to take care of. And those kids typically, from my experience, will love the fuck out of that goldfish for like maybe three days mm -hmm. and will feed them and will talk to them and stuff like that. And then they just kind of like grow apart. Yeah. They forget about the goldfish. And so you as a goldfish are like, oh, hey, somebody cares for me. Like, I've got a nice little environment. People are talking to me, or this guy's talking to me, this girl's talking to me. And then all of a sudden, the food starts getting a little sparse, and then the love starts going away. And then you're just sitting in a bowl 
or like uh, one of those little square uh, aquariums with a little plant if you're lucky and loveless and foodless and then you die and then, yeah. and then you get flushed down a toilet yeah <laughs> yeah but you're not alive for that part yeah but uh, yeah, maybe there's some circuitry still also going pretty on. low in the life expectancy for goldfish i think yeah like i think the average goldfish lives for three and a half days yeah people are always trying to swallow you and shit yeah like uh like uh or take you in their mouth and out their nose yeah yeah mm-hmm. the life of a goldfish is uh is a rough one yes, yeah that's sucky. it's fraught with peril fraught with peril <laughs> <laughs> The night is dark and full of goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was the girl that was that was all whacking off out in the woods? Miley? No. <laughs> Heather from Blair Witch? Well, there was Rachel Vice. Who was the main the leader of the resistance? Rachel Vice? No, no, no. The one was she out in the woods? Yeah. I thought he met her in the the facility. I thought she was the the main It was Leah Sadu. Oh, yeah. Lisa Duke. Lisa Duke. Oh, okay. I thought about. it was Tilda Swinton. The the resistance of the facility that makes people couple up are anti-coupling and anti-fucking. Oh, you so, went back to the lobster. The lobster, yeah, yeah. 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 No, so they, they go out in the woods and they listen to their house music and whack off. I was like going through all the Rachel Vice movies in my head, like Chain Reaction. <laughs> no, I, I for some reason thought she was the one, but yeah, it is Lisa Duke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think you would like the lobster. I think you might like it. It's insane and it's weird. But, like, you know how the favorite's weird and you didn't like it because it wasn't historical? Mm-hmm. This is just a modern-day thing. I think I can enjoy that. Yeah. And uh, and so, like, if you if you go in there realizing that these people are, are really pressuring themselves to get into relationships and looking for the dumbest reasons to get in them, then you'll have a good time. She yeah. smelled like soup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Uh, what is the best movie with the most uninteresting premise or the least interesting premise? I will steal Jeremy's answer and say Locke, very good one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, where a guy mm-hmm. has to solve his problems, many problems, mm-hmm. uh, by making several phone calls. Mm-hmm. I like this question a lot. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, it's good um, because it, it, we've 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 answered questions like what movie is totally bad that we enjoy or. Um, you know, there's a lot of in that vein mm-hmm. of, of everything, but there are a few movies. There are very few movies, I think, that have an uninteresting premise when you write it out that actually turn out to be really, really fun. Um, and uh, the one that I picked was The Informant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's about um, it's about price fixing for lysine. <laughs> And in the and the and to be fair, the trailer itself made fun of this whole how how like unexciting it was. They were like, "Hey kids, here's a movie about corn," <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, corn." And um and uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's about a whistleblower. I mean, think about this. This is about a whistleblower at a company who realizes that they're colluding with others to fix the price of lysine. And he has, he calls the FBI. Now, the interesting part is, is Mark Whitaker. Mark Whitaker is such an insane person yeah. in this. Uh, you know, he ends up, he, he believes that if he whistleblows on this company, that he'll be able to be ascended at the, to the company's president. Uh, he doesn't think that he's culpable in all of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think the landscape's going to change a little bit for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he thinks, and so like, you know the movie itself probably wouldn't be all that interesting if it wasn't for the great narration that's in it and for the fact that mark whitaker is constantly 
just shooting himself in his, in his own foot yep. the entire movie and thinks that he can get away with certain things very amateurish in a very amateurish way. Scott Bakula ends up being like one of the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, cause there's a, there's a part where Marcus, he's still trying to get through that lie about like, you know, he's, he's, what is the, what is the one about, uh, they changed the zip codes and like the zip codes wrong on the letter that he sent. Yeah. And then, and then area code. Yeah. It's the area, area code. code. And he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, well, it, it, it must have changed. He's like, we looked into that too, Mark. <laughs> and, uh, it didn't change and it, it didn't change. It changed like 20 years ago or some crap like that. It wouldn't have, or it would have, it changed three years later or something like that. It wouldn't have been in effect back then. And then he just keeps saying, but this and that. And he's like, you even, it even does like his internal monologue. You can hear him like stop and start rebuttals. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Then why would the doctor, why did doctor, what's his Gregory <laughs> sign off on it? <laughs> and then he's just like, and then yeah, just Scott Bagula is like, Mark, you need to stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really good. What was the Star Trek that he was in? Enterprise. Enterprise? He was the captain of the the Enterprise back before Kirk's era. Oh, okay. That's where that All was right. set. Yeah. I never I never watched it. Yeah, yeah. He's sneaky good in, in like American Beauty. But I know the theme role. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't the theme song for that show like a pop rock hit i'll go wherever you which show enterprise that was enterprise's song i think so look up enterprise's opening holy fuck no wonder that show didn't do well i'm pretty sure (laughs) i'm pretty sure i may have the song wrong you probably don't back in the day when i was (laughs) uh russell watson faith of the heart okay i got it wrong yeah faith of the heart is uh performed by rod stewart oh sorry this is probably gonna have to be i'll go wherever what's what's what show is that the th- opening for that it? but that's still a shitty opening even though that's not the song i thought it was it sounds like it sounds like discount brian adams or <laughs> well it's rod stewart oh it's rod stewart <laughs> so he... for real <laughs> yeah is it really rod stewart yeah, that's what it says oh i would have never get i would i, I just i did i canceled him out i didn't think it was rod stewart <laughs> this is weird like like circular logic where discount brian adams is rod stewart and rod stewart is discount <laughs> brian adams <laughs> oh fuck anyway uh yeah who, good good call yeah what, informant what's uh what, what you, you got guys? jeremy what <laughs> best movie least interesting i wrote us. down uh the social network yeah um because mm-hmm. again when that movie was announced i laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed because it was somebody was going to make a movie about the founding of facebook and i thought it sounded like the dumbest most boring shit ever <laughs> and it did all the way up until i watched it and it's riveting as fuck yeah, it is. but essentially it's basically a guy computer coding and fucking over his friends um, you could i could write a log line for that movie that would read so boring it would make you sleep but the movie's not. Mm-hmm. And I also wrote 12 Angry Men because uh, mm. then you could just say uh, a jury uh, debates uh, a robbery case. Was it murder or robbery? I think it was murder. Well, it was a killing. Yeah. I think it may have been like a over the course of eight like hours. That. What was this? 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a it, I'm pretty sure it's a murder because they're, they're talking about knife. Yeah, and, there's uh, a knife. Yeah. Um, yeah. All that. So, again, I think I think watching a jury talk sounds pretty boring yeah but that movie even every time i've seen i've seen the original version of 12 angry men twice i've seen the 
Jack Lemmon version once. But every time, even when I start it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be boring. Yeah, but yeah. then it never is. It's always riveting. Kinetic. Yeah. It's awesome. Pop, 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 pop. Uh, I got an Aaron Sorkin movie, too. Ooh. Uh, but mine is not... By the way, I almost convince myself every time that Moneyball was directed by David Fincher. But it's Bennett Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's only done like three, four movies. It is Sorkin that wrote it, though. Yes. That's probably why it feels so much like a Fincher film. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's... It's not really shot like a Fincher movie because it's it's a lot more atmospheric, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike Chris, I'm not a huge baseball fan. I'm a I'm a Cubs fan, but I don't usually seek out like random baseball games and mm-hmm. watch them. What? I have just found that the calling song, "Wherever You Will Go," mm-hmm. they used it to promote. In 2001, UPN Network used that song to promote the debut of Star Trek Enterprise. So it wasn't the theme song. It was, it was a, the trailer. The trailer. I got it. So I'm not totally crazy. Uh-huh. That was worth interrupting you for, I think. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but Moneyball is a is a book by uh, oh Michael Lewis. Yeah, Michael Lewis. And uh, it, was, it was critically lauded when it came out. It was about Billy Bean and the Oakland A's and yep. how they could basically build a small market team based on next-gen stats, mm-hmm. essentially. Instead of looking at batting average and ERA and all that stuff, or like, you know, hits and, and things like that, um, you know, the, you go a little deeper and you could find these advanced metrics that would teach you how to make a better team, have them cohese mm-hmm. uh, with, with the right type of players. Mm-hmm. Even more boring than the social network to me. Um, you know, it, it looked like, you know, Brad Pitt gets attached to it. He's, you know, at the height of his fame at this point, really. Jonah Hill, who at this point had only been a comedic actor, I think, um, was was attached to it, looked interesting, and of course it got rave reviews when it came out. And mm-hmm. plus, Aaron Sorkin basically signed me up for whatever he's doing. And mm-hmm. I think Steve Zalian actually uh, wrote on this, I think they too. were, yeah, co-writers. Um, and the first time I watched it, I'm absolutely floored. This movie is fucking awesome. Uh, Jonah Hill... Is really the standout in this movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he gets on base. Do I care if it was a walk? Points. Yeah. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the failings of the book, and therefore the failings of the movie, is that they don't discuss pitching very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, people like Tim Hudson and Barry Zito and Mark Mulder aren't even mentioned. They're like... Who were legendary they, in that time. Exactly. They, they you know, they uh, were as... Uh, responsible for their success as any kind of on base in fact i don't think they even and not not that this is the point a lot of times people construe this as the point but uh the a's i don't think were even one of the best hitting teams that year Mm. but the the failing of the book is mainly the just not not focusing on pitching at all in it and everything uh the the main you know the bad criticism of the book comes from people who are like old school baseball guys who are like, like, no, you got to do all this thing the right way and blah, blah, blah. And got to bunt runners over and shit. And you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that that's, that can be fine. Sure. But like, they would always say, what, what is it about this money ball? They get angry at it for no reason. Yeah. Talk about old man yelling at cloud. Yeah. Think about People still get m- mad at this. This shit. is why the this is why the site fi- fired Joe Morgan was made. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which uh, which uh, what's his name? Michael Shore. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of other writer buddies started back in the day. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good one because yeah. and, and, and they couldn't possibly adapt the book as well as it was mm-hmm. either. 
it wasn't like there was this exciting drama going on in the book they were just going over like you know what they were looking for and what players and why and yeah and there's no there's no huge drama in the movie itself necessarily there's a little bit of a family dynamic with uh billy bean's character or brad pitt's character and you know there's obviously some tension with an old school manager philip seymour hoffman's character yeah art uh, how <laughs> do what art how art how yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, there is some really great, which I assume probably happens, really great manufactured drama where Billy Bean is telling Jonah Hill's character how to how to cut a guy. Yeah, and, you know, don't don't offer him any explanation. Don't give him this. Don't give him an in, in for that and that kind of thing. Just tell him you're cut. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And he fucks it up so spectacularly. Well, he, yeah, he fucks it up before that because <laughs> Billy Bean is like, I'm, my kids are in school. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, don't you don't want to take them out to the <laughs> yeah. end of the school year. Yeah. Definitely leave them. And Brad Pitt's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This movie has been running a lot on AMC lately. I'll oh, watch yeah? it even with commercials. Yeah. Uh, but it's on Stars, I think, too. And uh, the scene that I can't leave the room for is so small. It's when they go to Chris Pratt's house uh, uh-huh. to recruit him to play first base, Scott Hatterberg, and he takes the, he takes that coach with him who's like not buying it. <laughs> and so like Chris Pratt asks about isn't first I've never played first base, and Brad Pitt's like it's easy. Tell him, and the guy's like it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then later he's like I'm gonna be replacing Giambi. What about the fans? And the coach guy goes, Yeah, maybe we can get one of them to play first base. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's that, really funny, and I think that's what propels it and makes it yeah. so viewable. Yeah, that coach is uh, Ron Washington, who's a current uh, third-base coach for the Braves, and uh, he was the the manager for the Rangers when they went to the World Series. Mm. Um, oh, he managed uh, Washington, too, didn't he? Uh, no, he didn't. He, the only man, only time he was a, like the manager of an entire team was the Rangers, and they went the two years in a row. They huh. lost to the Giants and the Cardinals in the World <laughs> Series. Um, mainly because of Nelson, Nelson Cruz, but like, uh, they, that, that is funny. Cause it's like, uh, cause he's, yeah, it's easy. And he's like, and, and, and I think doesn't Hatterberg say something like it is. And he's like, is it easy? He's like, is, is it, I thought it would be hard. And he's like, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's something I got to watch again. I yeah. love this movie so much. Yeah. By the way, is Robin Wright like she's his ex-wife in that movie, right? Yes. And she's in. One scene that lasts for three minutes, and it's mostly her husband talking to Brad Pitt, isn't it? Well, she she's on the phone with him a few times, right? Yeah, she's she's not in it much. She's on the phone with him most of the time. When no, he's on very, the phone. He's talking to the daughter. No, it's very it's very limited. It just seems like sure. a, I wonder if there weren't a lot more scenes with her that got cut. Could be because uh, otherwise, be. why do you cast somebody that important? Yeah, for such a throwaway role. Yeah, they made the uh, the anti Moneyball movie a couple years later called Trouble with the Curse. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, what characters do you root for despite them making the worst decisions ever? This person says, I always root for Jeremy, even when he makes the worst decisions in the brackets. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have Burn! Been, I have been roasted. <laughs> I've done been hoisted by my own petard. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I actually wrote Mark Watney, or Mark Watney, Mark uh, Whitaker from The Informant. Here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because he does just keep digging and digging and digging. But the real answer I want to give is uh, we just can't avoid talking about Eyes Wide Shut on this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what I've always said about Eyes Wide Shut, which is a movie that I have, I have not watched and enjoyed yet, maybe one day I will, mm. was that the ride was riveting. I was let down hugely by the ending. Mm. But all of the choices Tom Cruise makes, while counter to the way I live my life, 
He makes bad choices all, all oh, yeah. movie mm-hmm. long, mm-hmm. one after another after. And I'm there. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I want it to work out for him. <laughs> I know it's not gonna, but I want it to. It all takes place over two nights, right? I think so. First night is the ball, the, uh, the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, they have sex. And then the next day is when they're smoking pot and he gets angry, walks out, finds Nick Nightingale. And he's, it's all in the same night. That he goes to the orgy and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But the amount of I don't somebody has done this. The amount of money that he's he spends in oh, this yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, uh, where like he's he's got the cab and he goes all the way out to fucking like Long Island or something yeah. like that, and he's got like the hundred dollar bill and rips it. And the shit funniest like that. thing about his trip in Eyes Wide Shut is him showing his doctor's license like it's a <laughs> yeah, like it's a up on badge. The <laughs> oh, it actually, so that does happen on one night. And then the next day is when he goes to Alan Cumming and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and finally, you know, do you think in your world that movie would be better if it ended on the mask in the bed and that breakdown? Maybe. Maybe. Because really, the only thing after that is the coda in the Toy Story. Honestly, I feel, again, I have not watched the movie start to finish in probably 10, 15 years. Mm. I, I want to because you've raved so much about it, and I've come to love so many other Kubrick movies. Kubrick? Kubrick. Kubrick. <laughs> I'm never going to get Although it Although right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's other uh, people out there who say the Kubrick. Yeah, Leon, but, uh, whatever his name was in the in that film workers. Film workers. Kubrick, so, yeah. And maybe Kubrick, Kubrick is right, but I've heard only in trailers for, you know, when they're from the mastermind stanley kubrick mm-hmm. i've never heard kubrick but mm-hmm. anyway it's either way well my point is i feel like that's a that's a difficult movie to to stick the ending on because it goes to so many fucking weird places yeah and it i used to write these scripts with with my friend josh in college we would go to this all-night diner and we'd sit across from each other and we have a, a college notebook and we would write skits, sketches, little vignettes, um, SNL-type sketches. And w- we would do it by alternating. One of us would write the opening line and slide the thing to the other guy, and he would write the other guy's line and go back and forth. When we would get frustrated, which happened a lot if the scene didn't go the way I wanted because Josh took it in a different direction, <laughs> when it got to me, I would just write my character to say, fuck all that, and then I would hand it back to Josh, and that was how we knew that script is over, we're moving on. <laughs> I feel like Cooper got to the end of this movie, and he tri- he thought of all the different endings he could... And he just went, fuck it. Let's just end it. <laughs> that sounds like Kubrick. <laughs> uh, you're right, though. He does make all of the worst decisions, starting with, I mean, not not only like that night. He's like, well, you know, I'm playing this party. He decides in the middle of the night already, I'm going to get a costume and drive all the way out to this orgy party that which I know nothing about. Do yeah. you think. I think this is from stuff that I've read. I don't know if they've made this particular point, but do you think he's motivated by status uh, trying to go to these? Because he's, while he's a very wealthy doctor, mm-hmm. he's not invited to this thing. Mm-mm-mm. And he is actually constantly reminded when he's going to parties and things that he's actually one of the poor people in his circle. True. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole, the Sidney Pollack character is is a whole upper echelon yep. that he can attain even as a wealthy and doctor. whereas it's not so much that he's driven by horniness to go to these places he's more driven by the i want to be invited i want to be in there with everybody i want to be in the room where it happens that type of yeah thing. it's not it's the it's fomo mm-hmm. it's fear of missing out yeah but it's i mean i think i think what my take on the movie has always been less horniness and more jealousy mm-hmm. pure jealousy mm-hmm 
um, because he, he is can't thinking that, about that he all can't the get time. That image out of his head. Yeah. And I've I've had this happen to me mm-hmm. where somebody has cheated on me or something like that. You can't stop thinking about that shit. Like it, there's just it's this psychic anguish. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't. It's I like didn't, I didn't closer, seek out an orgy. <laughs> Clive Owen is like, tell me every fucking detail. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, lick yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. No, he says all kinds of nasty no, shit. He says all scene. kinds of nasty <laughs> shit. He wants every detail. But and that's I bad. think he's consumed by jealousy, and that's why he he's trying to to get his jollies off in any way possible. I believe he goes to the prostitute before he goes to see Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to get his jollies off then, not. I don't think because he's horny, but to get back at her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of that that status symbol that uh, that uh, that does hit home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's that scene where they're in the car and Cameron Diaz says, I swallowed your cum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It means something. Yeah. And then he hangs off of a helicopter. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's the question? Oh, characters you root for despite. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so. um uh, Ron Burgundy and Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to it, it, Ron Ron Burgundy is is he is he an awful person? I don't feel like he is. I feel like he's a guy who's sort of a caveman in the seventies, mm-hmm. and he still has to a lot to learn. And he's willing to learn. Maybe not totally willing to learn. Yeah, to a but point. There is a point where he's realizing it's not the same as it used to be, right? Yeah. And so, like, he constantly, especially after he gets uh, the whole thing where he gets hung up with Baxter and getting kicked off the bridge and <laughs> all of that and everything, and he doesn't get to do the news and all that, and he and and you know his his girlfriend Christina Applegate gets to gets to do it and she should be happy for her. Yep. And everything he shouldn't feel threatened but then he's like he's like you know why would you do that to me you know he's like he's like it's like didn't we, we talked about this it's like yeah i thought it was a joke i thought you were being funny you know and he i even said it to baxter later on and i laughed again yeah yeah so like he's constantly he's constantly saying the wrong things and doing the wrong things but you want him by the end of the movie yeah to be a guy who has changed and everything that's why anchorman 2 is i think another reason why anchorman 2 is shitty uh anytime you try to make um a comedy out of a character who has supposedly had this arc of change and then you have to try to drive him back into that one that we love in the second one yeah and you have to take it over the top and like the whole crazy offensive racial thing yeah. where he's sitting down to dinner with his with his girlfriend God right damn, yeah. yeah uh that's why that should have never had a sequel probably right. um i i've said that about like hancock where like you know the the character that we see in hancock is not a guy we want to see change we want him to be that same asshole mm-hmm. all the way through and that's why I'm glad there hasn't been one yet. Uh, there probably will be at some point. But I, I, how do you take the character from the one who's learned all his stuff and then just say, eh, it doesn't matter anymore? Yeah. You know? I feel like in a year, Peter Berg is going to bring back Hancock 2 and it's going to star like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And no Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Get his buddy in on it. <laughs> well, they all uh, look the exact same, basically. Jason Bateman and Will Smith and Charlize Theron. Yeah, they they're, do. They basically look triplets. Triplets. yeah yeah no he's saying that they look the same as they did back then they don't look the same as each other they look the same as not they triplets did in 2004 they, have, they haven't aged a bit i'm you way off on that don't you don't duh barrett you can de-age anybody don't, don't think you're that off i think 2004 is right yeah 
They de-aged the kids for It Chapter 2 because it was two years later. By the way, I didn't notice that at all. Did you Sorry. notice that? It's 2008. What? 2008. Did you notice the de-aging on, on the kids? On and, It? No, yeah. not really. I didn't even know that they did. Yeah, I mean, they, I imagine they wouldn't have had to done much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, character I root for, despite them making the worst decisions ever, Michael Corleone. In The mm. Godfather and Godfather Part Two, mm-hmm. he does make you, a lot of bad decisions, awful he? decisions, and and like you root you root for Michael Corleone from the very beginning. I mean, he's shown to be the smart one. He's shown to be taking over the family. He's the rational one, mm-hmm. right? Sonny's the hothead. Fredo's the weak one. But Michael is is the Goldilocks. Like mm-hmm. he's the, he's just right. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> he takes all the wrong lessons from his dad because his dad is all about family. He's all about I'm doing this to make sure that my family has a better life than what I did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he had that better life and he didn't have the whole immigrant story, backstory that Vito had, that he's essentially doing this all for himself. But he's doing it all for himself, but he gets himself twisted in all this, you know, he's killing all the uh, heads of the five families. It's not for his family's safety. It's so he can be a fucking big shot. Mm-hmm. He takes, uh, he's, he's being the godfather to Connie's baby. It benefits nobody mm-hmm. right and then he kills her, her, her the the kid's fucking father mm-hmm. and in godfather 2 he's got that whole hyman roth thing that makes really not a whole lot of objective sense except that he wants to figure out who hit him mm-hmm. uh in his bedroom so yeah i mean he you still root for him you root for him all the way until godfather 2 the end of godfather 2 but yeah he makes some shitty decisions yeah yeah, he's, yeah he's, he he fucks everything dude. up in part two man. yes he does he fucks i mean he he's already fucked up his sister. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the most, uh, uh, the, the tightest relationship he's got is with Tom, mm-hmm. uh, with Robert Duvall's character. He disowns Fredo and then fucking kills him. Uh, he never sees his mom, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So, like, he's alienated his whole family. Kay's divorced him. He barely sees his kids. Yeah, I mean, God. Why, why do we root for this guy? Yeah. Look, that speaks to how well the movie's made. God, I... This this is my my happy place. If if you gave me one movie to watch, this is not a question. But if you gave me one movie to watch over and over, it would be The Godfather until mm. I die. Right. right. I would choose The Lorax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it when it comes down to life lessons about consumerism and everything, gotta go to The Lorax. So that'll do it uh, for this week. Uh, go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Reddit uh cinema since twitter music video since twitter uh, a lot of places to find us we can also go on discord if you want to if you're not on discord you can go to facebook and get a link there's a lot of places that you can actually ask for a link and we can give you one discord it up uh, people uh people are using that thing you got yeah, a community i've gotten a pretty good amount of people who have come on facebook asking for a link go to the private messages and i can give you one uh but uh but yeah that's good 20 30 people that nice. probably have signed up through that very method right there and as of this posting strings is out tomorrow tomorrow mm. september 24th Ooh. september 24th get off your butt well actually you can stay on your butt mm. click <laughs> he's doing a skexy <laughs> go to amazon go to the website click through the website the cinema sends website and get you some strings. And get you some Ables. If you ain't read the Ables, ain't. if you haven't read the Ables, <laughs> read the Ables first and then read strings. You can even read the first chapter of strings on the website right now. Yes, you can. Uh, that'll get you super horned up for the... <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. Sometimes words happen. <laughs> 
that particular take uh, blue buffalo yogurt. <laughs> I like how, by the way, this minor discussion of of the uh, Once Upon a Time movie <laughs> about buffalo yogurt has turned into a cum thing. <laughs> uh it'll get you excited for the rest of the book uh strings is spectacular the ables we all know how good that was uh if you haven't read it already get it but strings will knock your socks off uh go get it it's out on the 24th yeah all right uh that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Man, you want to know how lucky I am today? Why? I yeah. got to McDonald's at 1029. Pulled up, saw the breakfast menu, started thinking about what to order. Hi, can I take your order? Screens go black. Oh. Mm. Come back up, lunchtime. So I had to hit the brakes and order lunch when I was already salivating over delicious Did, McDonald's breakfast. Didn't, uh, I thought McDonald's went to 24 hour. Well, breakfast. they do all day breakfast, but it's only like six items and it's different at every location. Oh. So there's only like three sandwiches and, um, I think like a McGriddle or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like once they go to lunchtime, my particular McDonald's doesn't sell the um, breakfast burritos, okay. which, which I really like mm-hmm. and would have gotten had I had I gotten the McDonald's 30 fucking seconds earlier. You should have done the falling down. I thought about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought about taking my Uzi in there and mm-hmm. raising some cane. But yeah. then I realized I don't want to go to jail. Haven't you ever under? Haven't you ever heard of the the uh, adage? The customer is always right. <laughs> Look at that burger. It's juicy and succulent. <laughs> I was watching Vanilla Sky last night, man. Oh, yeah? Uh, that is quickly becoming one of my favorite movies. Really? Yes. Yes. Hmm. I swallowed your cum. <laughs> that means something. That means something. That means something. Cameron Diaz is so fucking good in that movie. Everybody is so fucking good in that movie. Especially Penelope Cruz, because she's had practice. Yeah. So- swallowing his cum. Yes. Open, open your eyes. Swallowing is coming. No, she played the same role in both versions. How alike are those two, by the way? Enough that I don't really like Vanilla Sky. I stupidly went and saw Open Your Eyes first because I knew... I love... This is Cameron Crowe, peak Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. This is right after Almost Famous, right? Mm-hmm. So in my eyes, he can do no wrong. Because mm-hmm. um, Jerry Maguire was right. Almost Famous was an, an A++. I was geeked. I was like, oh, he's adapted in the Spanish language film. I better go check that out so I have some kind of understanding. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And then I watch Vanilla Sky, and I, I like the Beach Boys thing, but it's really not enough different. <sighs> it's really very similar. Well, I, I haven't seen the original. And so. extremely bizarre to see Penel- Penelope Cruz playing the same role in the same movie <laughs> that is very similar, but everyone else around her is different. And then Jason Lee shows up. I wonder what the yeah. what the uh, the thought was behind that, to to have the exact same actress play the exact same part in the remake of the movie. I don't know. They did it with James Earl Jones in The Lion King. That's not a different language, but sorry, that sticks in my craw. (laughs) It's so, I mean, up until then, he hasn't done anything wrong, right? Because he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He wrote Say Anything. Anything. He didn't, did he direct it? Yeah, he wrote and directed it. 
And then he did singles, which okay. Uh, and then he did Jeremy Maguire. Singles is great, you dick. Yeah, I like all <laughs> these movies that you're about. <laughs> no, to No, I love every one of them. Every, except for, and singles is good. Yeah, it's I love not. singles. And then and then it, and then all the way. Yeah, and I like Vanilla Sky. I don't think I ever saw Open Your Eyes. Um, Open which your is eyes. which is weird. But I saw Vanilla Sky first, and I haven't seen Open Your Eyes. So, mm-hmm. so I liked that too. And then then things started going down because he had like Elizabeth Town, yeah. and you know that's not a terrible movie. Uh, it's not as bad as like aloha <laughs> right well, uh, i remember it not being very good we now. bought a zoo yeah, yeah we I bought never a zoo. saw we bought a zoo is that is that really just qualitatively bad uh, it seems like a weird camera crow it's, project yeah, scar joe's in it so yeah it's got that going for it matt day's in it too <laughs> matt, matt, day. matt day did you guys see the brand new ford ferrari trailer yesterday oh no i haven't seen that no I'm I'm kind of getting excited about that movie. It's good. I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, I have reservations, but the trailer is awesome. You should totally watch Righteous Gemstones, by the way. Yeah. Have you started watching that at all? I've seen the first two episodes. I haven't seen. I did the watch last Leap two. of Faith again. What would you day. think? I oh, I really liked it. I mean, I, I like I said, I've liked everything that McBride and um, Jody Hill, Jody Hill have done. So what far, I like so. about the, I wonder because I haven't watched a whole lot of Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. I haven't seen at all. I wonder if this is a common thread. Nobody in Righteous Gemstones is all bad or all good. Mm-hmm. Like, even though you're, they're set up to be, like the Dana McBride character is set up to be a complete asshole. Yeah, they're about... He's not a complete asshole. 60% bad yeah. and 40% good. Yeah. And it, it, every time that you find yourself just absolutely loathing, there's one part, the fourth episode is my favorite, the one that just aired, uh, is my favorite so far, because John Goodman is is playing this oversized character um that that seems just completely selfish and domineering and assholeish mm-hmm. and he continues that arc but he undercuts it uh particularly in this fourth episode where it's like you know what he's not a terrible person there's he he probably has some issues underneath all that stuff but like circumstances kind of contribute to his behavior and everything. I love that I really love that show because of that like nobody's all the way this it's like euphoria euphoria was the same way where like nobody was just one thing yeah i would say like vice principals both mcbride and goggins in that are some shades of that they're probably more good than bad in mm. that but they're still like it's 60 40 or something like that it's always something like in that that general area yeah uh, but in uh eastbound and down i think he might be the only character that's in the entire thing that's and he's, I mean, again, 60% good, 40% bad, but mm. like everybody else usually is super innocent in comparison. Like, yeah, yeah. like, uh, the, all the characters that are around him in Eastbound and Down are usually like the best pi- possible, sweetest <laughs> people. And then, and then in Vice Principles, it's almost the same way. Like nearly everybody he interacts with outside of Goggins is, is, uh, is like that. You're going to love Goggins and Righteous Gemstones. Oh way. yeah. But he's, he's about to come in. God damn, that show's fucking great. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, glad to see they're finally getting like a a big, well, critically acclaimed show because I don't know if Vice Principals was one. It may have gotten some decent kind of flew play. Flew under the radar though. Uh, and uh, Eastbound and Down had its had sort of a cult following, but I don't think anybody was like it. Got four or five seasons though, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it must have been doing something right. Yeah. Mm. There's a Satanist character or a former Satanist character in Righteous Gemstone that's maybe my favorite. A reformed Satanist. Yeah. 
awesome. I will say no <laughs> one does swearing like Danny McBride does, man. And it's so funny, especially in vice principals, because he's just walking around the school and he's like, you know, you, know, you better get the fuck to class and all that. You know, the students. You know? <laughs> <It's> a <laughs> fuck stick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And there's a lot of dicks. There's more dicks, I think, in uh, Righteous Gemstones than there were in Euphoria. Well, I do love dicks. Yeah. Sign me up. There's a lot of different types of dicks, too, because in an episode coming up, there's this array of dicks. And one's like just kind of regular poking out. And then one's like a micro penis. Like, you can't even see it. It's a big dude. You can't see it. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm saying, it looks like I'm excited, but I was kind of excited because I was like, I never, I, you just don't see that represented right. on, on you, you want the big veiny two-handers. <laughs> the two-handers. Do I? <laughs> yes. We've reached a portion of the podcast where Barrett is telling me what kind of dick I want. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I was like, whoa, look, that was, that's weird. <laughs> big old fat dick. Little Big bitty stinging dick. dick. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes dicks seem to come up from <laughs> the ground. You can saute them. You can uh, <laughs> ball dick Oh, shit. Dick scampy. Dick scampy. <laughs> that should be somebody's porn name. Yeah. Dick scampy. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we've gone so far off the rails and we haven't even started yet. What is that movie? The the Suffer Beatles. Suffer! It's uh shit. Shit. It's innocuously titled, it's I think. Like, no, it's like uh Rapture Palooza. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And uh Craig, what's his name is in it? And um well, fucking Anna Kendrick. And uh John Michael Higgins yeah. plays the dad, I guess. Yeah, I think dad. he's the dad. Suffer! <laughs> See, it's so worth, fucking great. It's worth just for just for those things. It's worth it. <laughs> I will never Rocky forget. Time. I think that's the first time I'd ever heard like a a A or B level actor say the word "come." Yeah, like in a mainstream movie. Oh yeah, and so <laughs> nonchalantly too. Yeah, like like you know, like this is something that I've been thinking about. Like this is something <laughs> you know. This is like it's like. You think about her at home and thinking about her relationship, right? And she's like, you know what? I swallowed his cum. <laughs> Going over to watch people's uh, uh, films while they're asleep <laughs> reminds me of the, there's a John Mulaney thing where he's talking about how in high school he went to one of those like big house parties and everything and like, uh, and this was back in the day where he was he would he was drinking all the time and everything and uh and uh, he said that uh you know everything you know it was one of those just those kind of parties stuff getting smashed all that kind of thing but uh the uh <laughs> there was a somebody had stolen some photographs out of the out of the house mm. And uh, they're like, why would they want people like Granny's picture or or whatever? Why would they want that? Why would they even bother mm. and everything? And so like, uh, he didn't even think about it for very long. You know, didn't think about it much longer than that. It was just one of those weird mysteries. And then ten years later, he runs into a buddy of his who was at that party, and he's like, come here, let me show you something. <laughs> and he just brings him into this room and he, there in this guy's room was that those people's picture no, <laughs> no. and he goes he goes why would you steal their pictures he's like because that's the only thing you can't replace <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. oh my god
Oh, 